Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Revolution 2023 post-show. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining us on your early Monday evenings, wherever you may be. As always, joined by my very good friend who is actually quite lucky. He is one hour earlier than I am. In the central time zone, Chi-Town Smark, Jesse, what's going on, man? How you feeling tonight, bro? Bro. How you feeling MJF. tonight, man? How you feeling tonight, man? MJF is now eating a pickle at the scrum. I mean, what type of pickle is it? Uh, what's, what type of pickle is it, bro? We need to know. Is it, i tell uh, you what. i tell you what. What's your favorite those brand fucking, of pickle? Those, those, those fucking muffins are no longer the biggest heels in wrestling, bro. Now it's these pickles. Or maybe that bottle of water that got thrown on that child tonight. Oh, my God. That fucking... That kid got heat, man. What did he say to MJF? What a prick. I I don't know, man. I don't know. That's the least of our concerns. I hope that child had a a, a wonderful evening when all is said and done. You got to understand MJF is just doing his job. Hopefully that mother understands that at the end of the night as well. I'm not here to talk about that situation. We'll, We'll mention it a little bit later, but... We'll take care of them, man. Yeah, uh, listen, man. Uh, you know, I uh, I love what I do, man. I, I love when we come on here and, and we're full of energy and full of smiles, and we are uh, just in love with what we just watched. You know, it, it's tough because a, a lot of people look at me specifically. I, I know people come down on you sometimes as well for being negative. It, it's never really us being negative for the sake of being negative, we're always going to, uh, and I feel like we have to reiterate this, we, we always call it out like we see it. And you and I have had a problem with the build of the pay-per-view. It, it definitely felt off. It, it definitely felt like uh, something else could have been done to enhance what was going to happen at the pay-per-view tonight. But I think you and I and everybody else really understood that when AEW gets the pay-per-view on Sunday whatever show it is, they're always going to put on a banger. Nine times out of ten, it's always a banger. It's rarely a dud. It rarely disappoints. And and to be honest with you, man, you know, a lot of people are going to be looking at this show and they're not going to give it the credit that it deserves. They're going to be looking at Tony Khan and not going to give TK the credit that he deserves and they're going to call him a mark and all this other shit. They'll probably blast him on social media for what he does at the scrum tonight or something that he said at the scrum But I'm here to tell you, and I'm sure you feel the same way, Revolution was probably the best revolution that the company's put on in all four years. This may go down as one of the best pay-per-views, if not the best pay-per-view that AEW's ever put on. From top to bottom, this was an absolutely A++ show with a flow tonight that I swear to God, if TK ever listens to this, if he gets wind of what we we say here in in any context, 
I hope to God he listens to the fan base because what I seen tonight is everybody falling in love with what we got tonight, man. The main event went on closer to 10.30 tonight. That's what it should be for an AEW pay-per-view. Eight matches. It's unusual tonight because we got a one-hour Ironman match. But eight matches is absolutely where they should be. It is the picture-perfect spot they want to be in for pay-per-view. Four hours, eight bangers. This show, man, from top to bottom was incredible. It will go down as one of the best productions in all of 2023. And Tony Khan should absolutely be over the moon with what his roster and what he did tonight on pay-per-view, man. Tremendous show. It was. It was. It was so good. He was already asked in the scrum where this ranks as far as... Um, AEW pay-per-views and he definitely made um like no he was hiding no facts that he thinks that it's his it's one of the best. I mean he it's you can't just come out there and say this is the best one because you're hyped, you're in the moment. Yeah. But when the dust all settles, this might fall into the line of being the best pay-per-view they've ever done. Um it's definitely wrestling based. Um everything that we um pointed out in the build still stands. Yes, you know, in a absolutely. perfect world, you get the build and this yes. work rate, you know. But nonetheless, you can't take away from the from the work these guys put in um, in this pay per view. Man, this was fantastic, man. Yeah, the crowd was incredible tonight. You would think with a one hour Iron Man match that the crowd would be, uh, you know, kind of waning towards the end of this thing, man. Absolutely energetic from top to bottom. I think the only time I felt like the crowd was flat. Well, it was not because of how bad, uh, if, if, I'm not saying anything was bad on the show, or, or if they thought anything was bad on the show. I mean, they were just blown away by every fucking aspect of the show that was was so top-notch. I mean, we came out of the Moxley and Hangman match, and the quietest the crowd was tonight was in that Wardlow and Samoa Joe match, which sadly was in, in I don't want to say a death spot, but... I mean, they got the short end of the stick following that fucking match. Nobody really gave them the reaction that they needed because they had a very good match. And even in the Iron Man match, for one hour plus, this crowd was as on fire as anything I've seen so far. This year, man, you got to give it to San Francisco as well. They made this pay-per-view as memorable as we're making it sound as well. They did. They they even, I mean, I, I as well thought the, the Wardlow and Joe match fell into a death spot. But even then, even the crowd, the crowd was still into it, no matter how much they just got sucked dry out of that fucking Moxley and Hangman match, man. I mean, it was such a tough match to follow, but um, the crowd did everything they could to keep to, to keep them in it. Yeah, if there was one thing I could and I don't want to I don't want to sound like, uh, you know, a, a bitch here, you know, because I have to I have to call out at least something that I did not like. I felt like in between the matches where we went, uh, and if I could paint a perfect picture for you guys, we go from Ricky Starks to Chris Jericho and immediately ride into the Christian Cage and Jungle Boy, uh, quote-unquote, buried alive match. Um, I, I wish there was a little a little bit of, like, intermission between the matches with a video package or, or something like that. Now, and they, they did it throughout the show, but I don't like when we go right into one match after one match concludes. That, that's the only thing I, I, I don't really like. I, I like when something breeds. I felt like Ricky Starks beating Chris Jericho tonight uh, did not give Ricky Starks that time to just let it sink in. It's a big victory for him. 
You know, it didn't really feel like uh, the moment for him sank in. They went right into the next match, and we're on to the next segment. And, you know, they, they it almost makes it feel like, you know, let's move on. Let's forget what happened and move on to the next match. I don't, I don't like that feeling. That's the only minor criticism of the show. They did it once or twice throughout the show, and they did put video packages in between. You know, a little, uh, a little crash course on Christian Cage and Jungle Boy would have been nice to go into that match. But regardless of that, absolutely complete banger of a show. And Jesse and I are going to go over all of it tonight. Uh, we're not going to go over uh, sequence by sequence, move by move here. We're going to talk about what we liked and what we didn't like about the matches. And I'm glad you guys are joining us. I know uh, you guys are watching the Scrum right now. AEW's got their uh, media show, Scrum, with all the people that were invited out there, the <laughs> journalists out there. But um, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll get some more people in the venue tonight. We're open late. And uh, once that's over, we will still be live right here on OTS. Um, we're going to get right into it. Quickly, let me put some music on. I want to I wanna get some uh, some plugs in here. Follow me on, on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Thank you for all the love on social media tonight. Uh, you guys were incredible. You guys can follow Jesse on social media as well. At Chi-Town Smark. He does have a YouTube channel under the same name as well. He's going to be doing some watch-alongs. For uh, Ring of Honor, if I'm not mistaken, bro, is that going to be a weekly thing? Yes, yes, yes. We are we are moving on from dark. Um, the Ring of Honor, my Ring of Honor stream, um, um, came up in some impressive numbers. Yeah, I, I saw mean, that. It, it, at least for my channel. I mean, yep. I'm, I mean, I like to temper my expectations here, but for the first stream, with very little thought into the show and everything else, the my stream did um, something of which I would get for a pay per view. So I'm going to improve on that and work on that and we're gonna move on from dark but um thursday's dark friday rampage and you could be getting some original content on those blank days now so stick around there you go so go follow jesse on youtube as well on twitter uh make sure you guys hit that thumbs up we got 2100 people in the venue right now uh 580 likes no doubt about it should be a thousand likes easy Tonight on the podcast, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up and show some support. Helps me out tremendously. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show with our opened cold beverages. And make sure you guys also go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. YouTube shorts are up there. I got a couple more shorts coming tomorrow based off the content we did this weekend. Off the script, 467 was live last night. Some people were calling it a brilliant show on Twitter. Thank you guys very much for all the love on that. Tons of topics to go over. We've got a brand new week tom- uh, tomorrow, or tonight, rather. Uh, this Today. <laughs> I don't even know what fucking day it is. Uh, Raw will be live for Raw, and we will be live on Tuesday for NXT Roadblock. Should be a big show on Tuesday, so I'll be covering that as well. Um, not really in the rotation of shows, but we'll be covering that. Wednesday, we'll be live with Dynamite again, uh, the Fallout show from tonight's Revolution. So make sure you guys go check out all the content on the channel, and please hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for all notifications all right jesse we uh we had a zero hour uh tonight zero hour match that i want to focus on normally i don't really focus on the zero hour stuff because it doesn't really pertain to anything important going on in aew but i want to focus on this because i'm watching this match as i order the pay-per-view through my cable provider verizon tonight and i watched the trios match that was on with the varsity athletes and mark briscoe versus the lucha brothers um you and I talked about the trios division that could be, bro, in AEW. And I need to say right now two things. One, 
the varsity athletes and their and their ring entrance and, and their their whole the whole shtick on the on the on the stage that they did with the spotlights and them being announced like they're fucking uh, you know being uh, announced over the PA system for a fucking basketball game. I thought that was fucking great. I, I thought whatever presentation the varsity athletes had tonight, on top of what they did in the ring tonight, was fucking the best I've ever seen them. And I I kind of wrote them off as like, yeah, this is a nothing fucking team. Uh, after tonight, I, I'm thinking to myself, I'd love to see more of those fucking guys in the trios division. I think they got uh, a decent little fucking shtick going on over there with uh, with Mark Sterling. And then on top of that, man, do I love Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers as a trio, man. That that shit should be fucking a regular thing. You got two teams right there that should absolutely be on TV in a trio's capacity building that division, bro. I thought that match was fucking great on the on the Zero Hour. I don't want to see the varsity. Man, they I'm were sorry. good tonight, I bro. Watch, I watched too much dark to want to see. Man, the they got some good heat tonight. Listen, man, I don't listen, folks. If you watch, I don't watch dark. I mean, I don't got no I, listen, I'd rather do something else with my time than watch fucking dark on YouTube, really. Watch Jesse watches dark, he sees them. Bro, that's the first time I see I don't know if they've been doing that. But I thought that was fucking great. Really? No, no they have not been doing that. Okay. Still, no. The match was fine. The match was good. Uh, what about Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers? That's a nice fucking pairing right there, bro. That is awesome. It did make me wonder where the hell Pack is, though. They already have a third. They do. I don't so, know. They, well, I mean, if, they, if they do go anywhere, they need to tie up, tie up that story because there would be... No reason, no reason why. I don't know why they would get rid of Pack for Mark Briscoe, but yeah. if it gets Pack in a singles Pac. capacity, man, I, I don't have no problem with that either. No, Pack would be perfectly fine as a single. Um, Mark Briscoe definitely needs a home. He needs something to do. Um, I'm guessing he's going to be stationed at ROH. We need to find out what's going on with those tag titles as well. But um, it's good to see Mark, man. It's good to see Mark in a in a in a nice little spotlight match. Yeah. You know, I did enjoy that, and it's good to see him smiling, man. It really, really is. So I will never not want to see Mark Briscoe on the TV, you know, doing doing good shit, man, because he deserves it. Yeah, and you Tony Schiavone, and Tony Schiavone did say tonight that uh, after everything that he has gone through and the family has gone through, to see him out there continuing the legacy of the Briscoe brothers and doing what he does at a high level and smiling and having a good time out there just shows the character that Mark Briscoe is. So. You know, it is tremendous to see, and I wish him absolutely nothing but the best in AEW. I wish him nothing but all the success in the world, and hopefully he finds a great role on yes. uh, on the AEW side. So uh, good for him. But I thought this match was fun. Very good match on the on the Zero Hour. It was. It was. Um, if we're going to bring Pac back, all right, and put him back with his team, it would make sense. If we want to find another tag team to form or to put him with to make a trio, um, FTR would be a fit. Yeah, that would yeah. be a fit. I mean, they they were you know well, sworn if, if, punk, if Punk doesn't come back though, if uh, if Phil doesn't come back, which I think he is, that's just me. I'm looking at I'm looking at the scrum over here. You know, it's on mute, but I get the chat. I'm just scrolling through my screen, and nobody wants anything but CM Punk. That's all they want. That's Bro, they Tony want. knows Tony knows people want Punk back. I, I think Tony knows that he needs CM Punk back. I think I think we I think want him back is pretty good. I don't think he's needed back. Because the we don't know what punk we're getting. That's the thing. We we would we need 
perfect punk back, but no one's perfect, man. So it'd be nice to have him back and see how it works out and see it and hope it works out well. But as far as a need, I think we can live without him. I'm, not, I'm being honest here. I know people are going to get all shitty about it. We can live without him, but absolutely, we should bring him back and make sure we can get the right punk back. Absolutely. I, listen, I, I would hope so, but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later because we did see FTR emerge on uh, the show tonight in the tag team title match, or after the tag team title match, rather, against the Guns. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that uh, discussion a little bit later. But, yeah, Zero Hour was a fun match between those two teams, and uh, Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers win what I thought was a very good match on the open. Uh, we opened the actual card with Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society was banned from ringside. The story going into this, bro, was, you know, Ricky Starks and getting him more of a priority on the show. He comes out of that match, that great match with MJF, the world title, and he loses, obviously, and then he gets thrusted into a match with Chris Jericho. Story here was, you know, he wanted, you know, obviously wanted an opportunity. Jericho called him out. I'm happy to see Jericho call him out. I think Jericho mixing it up with the young talent is a beautiful thing to see. Jericho's heart has always been in the right place with AEW. He's done it with so many, and he's doing it here with uh, with Ricky Starks. And, and then we get Action Andretti. And Action Andretti, uh, a newcomer to AEW, beats Chris Jericho clean, and they didn't really follow up on that. And then in the last several weeks, the storyline has kind of fell flat. Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho had a match where Ricky Starks beat Chris Jericho, he didn't really need another match. He proved that he could be Chris Jericho. Then we get an attack by the JAS. They put Ricky Starks through a table. And we get a whole lot of just nothing leading up to the pay-per-view, which leads to this match. Now, I felt like the feud kind of tailed off in the last three or four weeks. And I felt like this match, you know, was going to be a big deal for Ricky Starks. And I don't know how much of a big deal it is going to be for Ricky Starks, but he did get the victory tonight. I thought it was a good open. I thought it really showed Ricky Starks and what he can do uh, at a high level with somebody like Chris Jericho. The crowd was into it. It was a gutsy performance by Ricky Starks. And I don't know where they go from here, man. I, I just hope that they they know what they want to do with Ricky Starks. I hope that he continues that momentum. And... It's tough for me to sit here because I love both of these guys and everything Jericho does touches, everything Jericho touches, touches, uh, turns to gold. But Ricky Starks, man, you know, the baby faces, you and, I, you and I have called this out, man. They got a problem with the baby faces. It seems like they don't really know what to do with half of their baby faces. And I'm kind of concerned with Ricky Starks coming out of this feud that they're going to really stall his momentum. Meanwhile, he should be one of the future peaches, 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 pieces. I can't even speak tonight. Pieces that they build around the company. No, that's true. I mean, he's out there at the podium right now, too. Um, Starks is definitely someone they, they need to build on and take advantage of his of his popularity as it continues to grow. Um, Jericho, I think Jericho has done everything he can do for Starks. Yeah. I really do. Um, it's time to it's time to move him on to the next step. And I'm not too worried about them um finding the next step for Starks because they're normally pretty good at building up someone to reach a point where they want them to reach. It's when they get there, it just kind of seems to fizzle and go downhill from there. Um, but I really hope that they, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that they see it because in this scrum, they had MJF come out first. The next one we see is Ricky Starks. 
So clearly he has some kind of priority on the, on the you know on the brand. Yeah. And it should be. Um he's over, he's charismatic, he's really good in the ring. There is nothing holding Ricky Starks back right now. Nothing at all and he should be moving up. It's really hard at this point to to move baby faces up in AEW because MJF is going nowhere absolutely nowhere and he's not losing that title he's gonna sit right there on top and he's gonna be champion period that's just gonna be that way so we need in AEW the second tier title needs to be held by um probably another dominant heel just so that the baby faces have something else to go after because no one's touching MJ everyone going for MJF is gonna take an L for the foreseeable future for the entire year. I mean, MJF is not losing yeah. that championship, period. Not losing that type. He's not, he's not losing that title. So I would hate to build someone up, give him the MJF, have him lose, and then we don't know what to do with him. You know, but now Wardlow is the TNT champion. I don't know. That was that was already a failed project with Wardlow as champion. Let's see what see what happens this time. But where does someone like Ricky Starks go next? What does he do next? I don't know, man. I was I was thinking about this. You know, I don't want to cut Wardlow down already after winning the fucking title. But this is another situation. I'm going to say the same thing about Wardlow that I just mentioned about Ricky Starks. The babyfaces in this company have a problem. And it's very apparent. Wardlow winning the TNT Championship. I don't know how many people. And I love Wardlow. We love Wardlow. Don't get me wrong. Don't get Jesse wrong. It's just the fact that he was been, he's been creatively fucking fucked over. The, with with everything that happened, you know, in, yeah. in the second half of 2022, he's not recovered. And, and the feud with Joe, no matter how good Joe is as a heel, and, and the whole story with the hair being cut, it, it's it's not enough. The momentum is not there. The reaction is not the same with Wardlow. I, I don't know what they do with him as far as creatively as a babyface. What if Hobbs beats Wardlow on Dynamite? I mean, I don't want to see it. I don't, I don't want to really cut the fucking guy's legs off after he just won the championship tonight. But what if we get Hobbs holding the TNT title and we get Ricky Starks, you know, kind of revisiting that feud with Will Hobbs at double or nothing and you crown Ricky Starks as the guy who, who wins the TNT championship and holds it and makes a name with himself and that championship? I, I don't know. I, what, what do you do? That would, that would, Hobbs as champion would be great. But taking the title off of Wardlow again so far, you know, so I mean, it would it would again, it would absolutely kill him. He's dead. He's done. He's done. Like I don't so, know what they I don't know what they do. Like, like I can't even think of anybody right now. If no. you uh, you, you want to talk about Ricky Starks, what you do with Ricky Starks next? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they do with Ricky, man. War, um, like, um, um, Hobbs is gonna end up losing to Wardlow, presumably. Um, what he does from there, I don't know because he just won that damn donut ring. And now he's going to lose it quickly in the next three days. Yeah. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. I mean, it, yeah, that's a problem in itself. That's a problem within itself. He, he I mean, it, look, if he's gonna if he's gonna win that ring and then eventually lose to Warlow, it's okay because Warlow needs to be champion for a while. But why are we jumping straight into Hobbs versus Warlow? Why are we doing it right away? We're, I mean, we give it time, work a build into it, give it some time, and then maybe people might believe that Warlow might lose the title because he didn't just win it on the weekend. And maybe we'll get some interesting back and forth in the meantime. I mean, I don't know. It's It seems like a bad situation right away because you don't want Hobbs losing because he just won that damn donut ring. And you definitely don't want Warlow losing because that could be the end of his run, period. Maybe Warlow goes heel. Does Warlow need, does Warlow need a heel turn? Because the babyface reaction just isn't there. Like, tonight was a bad gauge. But yes. I, I don't feel like the babyface reaction is anywhere where it needs to be after what we saw from him and MJF and that storyline in the summer last year. Yeah. Did, did the lights just go out? What happened? The lights just went out in the scrum, it looks like. Oh, the, the, the backlit board they had went out. Never mind. Never mind. But a, a, a heel <laughs> turn for Wardlow might actually make things a lot better. Keep him as a dominant heel champion. Give the baby faces something to strive to. I mean, Warlow was a beatable heel champion. Yeah. So that might be the best thing. I mean, because I they've 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 hot potatoed that title way too much. Way too titles are moving too much. I don't like I don't like the the story and the investment we got into the trios titles just for the elite to lose them already. Titles are moving way, way too much, man. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a slow burn with Wardlow would actually be uh, the, the right move here to turn him heel. I don't know. Uh, that, I mean, we're just discussing, if you guys are just joining the stream, we're discussing Ricky Starks and what we do at Ricky Starks after the feud with Chris Jericho because after tonight, it's over. I mean, there's nothing more for Starks to prove to Chris Jericho. But yeah. the match itself was fine. I mean, I felt like their match on Dynamite was a lot better than what we got on pay-per-view, but that doesn't really mean anything. I thought tonight was a good match to open the show. Um, Starks at one point counted a code breaker into a power bomb. Jericho was beating him down through most of the match. He tried the Rochambeau and a spear only, only for Jericho to the code breaker in midair for a very close near fall. Jericho looked for a top rope dive. Starks hit the spear, went for a cover, got a two count. So they're back in the ring, standing on their feet and they are going at it. Blow for blow slugfest. Starks tried a leap off the top rope, tweaked his leg, which allowed Jericho to apply a walls of Jericho, which Starks then counted into a single leg crab. Now, JAS was banned from ringside. But Jesse, all of a sudden, we see Sammy Guevara come out and strut to the ring like there's no fucking rules in place for this match. Like the contract was uh, null and void during the end of this match. Why is Sammy Guevara allowed to walk through the curtain when JAS is banned from ringside, that I didn't understand. 
there should be some kind of repercussions for that on on dynamite. I mean, otherwise, why are we getting these stipulations for banned from ringside? I don't okay? know. Banned from ringside. No, I'm gonna come out anyway. Well, now something should happen. But now we don't have an authority figure to dish out said discipline either. But yeah, you you can't do that. When you tell us, okay, such and such is banned from ringside, you're telling us that we're gonna get one on one match with no shenanigans. Yeah. That's what you're telling us. We're gonna get a match with no shenanigans. Or if there are shenanigans, then it's something that you're not expecting, like a new member of JAS that was just announced after the match. Okay. Yeah. That's something cool. That's something new. Something that they just, you know, like you said, you know, here comes Sammy, just nothing happened. You're banned from ringside. Yeah, but I came out anyway. That, that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. You give us a stipulation, you know, hold yourself to it. Some people were actually talking about maybe Action Andretti turning on Ricky Starks and joining the JAS, and that would be the uh, the loophole there around that little stipulation. I'm glad that didn't happen because I didn't really want a continuation of Starks and JAS after tonight, so I'm glad that was not the case. But Guevara was out there, and Action Andretti, speaking of which, he jumped the barricade and speared Sammy Guevara right in the aisleway. Aubrey Edwards, all of a sudden, distracts herself with these two guys, and Jericho grabs Floyd the baseball bat, hits Starks in the ribs. Starks blocked the Judas effect, connected with a Rochambeau after all this, and that's what led to the victory. He got the Rochambeau. Basically, Starks wins clean over Jericho, and hopefully we move on from the JAS situation with Ricky Starks, but a decent opener to... Uh, the Revolution show tonight, and hopefully we move on with Ricky Starks. Yeah, agreed. Moving on. Jungle Boy. Christian Cage, final burial match. Everybody was wondering what this was going to be, and I alluded that it could be a buried alive match or a casket match of some sort. We got a little mix of both, Jesse. AEW took their little concept and took the buried alive match and gave it its own little AEW twist. This was a mix of buried alive mixed with a casket match. They fused these two matches together. And that's what we got in the final burial with Christian cage and and jungle boy. This was absolutely fucking fantastic. And I I alluded to in the beginning that we're going to start calling Tony Khan, Mr. Pay-per-view man. Jungle Boy is proving himself to be AEW's version of Mr. Monday Night, bro. You know how Rob Van Dam was Mr. Monday Night RVD? Jungle Boy yeah. is Mr. AEW pay-per-view. He, he has had some fucking bangers, man, and he continues to have just great matches on pay-per-view. Christian Cage is absolutely the villain everybody aspires to be. He is absolutely incredible in this role. The animosity that these two had for each other jumped off the screen. The fights that they had were fucking great tonight. The whole brawl by the dirt and the casket area tonight that was on the stage was fantastic. Man, I loved everything about this match, man. This will go down as one of the best matches of the year. And Jungle Boy should really be proud of the performance that he gave, man. He His pay-per-view performance has been incredible. He is. He's, 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 you can see the star potential in him yep. you know when you first saw him man and he's he's living up to it um but he's gonna fall victim to the very same thing we just talked about in the last segment you know as far as going up where does he go i don't know i know everybody you know? can't win championships but 
This is what happens when you don't have a strong secondary championship. You don't, yeah. you know? I, I you, you don't really find this problem in WWE. I'm going to be fair. You don't really find this problem in WWE. You know, Gunther's fucking chopping him down with the IC title. Austin Theory's had some bangers as well with the United States Championship. Yet here we are with the TNT title, and, and that title is nowhere near those two titles, and we're struggling to book what should be their most important title next to the AW title. It, it's not a good look. And then the All-Atlantic Championship, you can't even do that because it's stuck on Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I just feel like, bro, the championships are on the, are on the wrong people in AEW. Yep. yep. And, and, and they, they really are. I mean, Orange is the All-Atlantic. Wardlow is the TNT. <sighs> babyface, babyface. So yeah. the other babyfaces, what are they doing? I don't know. Going for MJF? That's not going to work out well for them. What are they doing? I don't know. I don't know where Jungle Boy goes. People were asking where Luchasaurus is. You just asked. Where's I don't know where Luchasaurus is. I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> this is a bit, I do. This this is this is his feud. I expected him to come out and help um Christian. I mean Luchasaurus already lost to Jungle Boy though. Did he? Man, it's yeah, still a cage match, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's now he beat Christian. Now Jungle Boy moves on. I don't know where he, again, like Starks, I don't know where Jungle Boy moves on to. You know? He had a great look tonight. He came out wearing the jeans a la Shawn Michaels and Triple H at the 2000, 2002 SummerSlam. I loved it, man. He came dressed for a fucking fight. Yeah, yeah, he did. This was awesome. You know, this and will go. getting Christians out there wearing a tank top <laughs> turtleneck. Tank top. To, this guy texts me. He's like, Christian's wearing a tank top black turtleneck. Who the fuck does that? Who does Christian Cage thing? does. That's why I got fuck you Christian chance. And he smiled and he loves every bit of it. I love it, man. When you get those types of reactions, man, it's got to warm his soul. You know, you, you know you're doing a great job when they're chanting your name with a fuck you tag behind it. Love it. So good. This, who does this shit? Dude? I don't know. Yeah, a serious fucking heel. Uh, Jungle Boy. Had his mother and his sister out by ringside, and you know Christian Cage got involved there. Shooting the mouth off at uh, his family. So, um, this was a fight, and most of it took place on the outside, as it should. There was one great spot where Jungle Boy wanted to stomp on Christian's hands, and Christian moved his hand away on the steel steps and tripped them up. And Jungle Boy, nasty fall on the steel steps. That was brutal. Uh, Jack Perry... He, uh, Cage tried to slingshot through the ropes, but Jack Perry avoided the, uh, the tope, uh, avoided that and then nailed the tope. Perry attempted to stomp on the right arm, like I said, but Cage swept the, uh, legs out from Jungle Boy, landed on the steel steps. Cage was bleeding, uh, from a headbutt. I did not initially see the headbutt, but, uh, Christian Cage has the distinction of bleeding first tonight. It wasn't John Moxley. So there you go. So well, Christian... Yeah, I know. Who would have thunk it? So Christian took a headbutt, starts bleeding, and then he takes off uh, Jungle Boy's belt and absolutely fucking starts whipping him like a bitch out there. I love that. Crowd was so into that. Even Jim Ross was saying, his back is going to look like fucking uh, hell tomorrow morning. Holy shit. So he violently whipped him in front of both of his mother and his sister. Cage then lifted the casket. They're up on the stage. And the lid is open, and inside the casket there is conveniently a plethora of steel chairs. So he came prepared for this uh, final burial match. Uh, Jack Perry's on the stage there, 
And the stage had this this hole with the casket and dirt. Like I said, it was a, a mix of a buried alive match and a casket match. So Jungle Boy started fighting back, and Jack Perry fought back. Both men trading shots on the stage in the dirt, and Christian Cage backdropped Jungle Boy onto the stage. Cage tried a kill switch, set up the chair, but he he was sent flying off the stage. And Jack Perry did a somersault, moonsault on the on the stage off the stage to the outside on top of Christian. Then Christian starts backing off. He starts begging. And he hits a desperation low blow. He's trying to uh, drive uh, Jungle Boy into the casket. He drives him face first into the casket. Perry then was placed in the casket, fought out. Cage threw dirt into his eyes, connected with a kill switch. Then he's got Jungle Boy where he wants him. He tries for a concerto, but missed. And Jungle Boy swung a shovel to knock the chair out of Christian's hands. Christian was desperately trying to get back into this. He took the shovel, missed the shovel shot. Uh, Jungle Boy hit the snare trap. Cage was passed out. Perry set up for a concerto. And my God, man, this concerto was absolutely fucking brutal. He was knocked out. Jungle Boy puts Cage in the casket. And the visual of him closing the casket and the casket just fucking going into the dirt with this fucking puff of smoke that popped up from the grave was yeah, drop a down. great fucking sight. It was a great sound. I'd love to see something like this return uh, on AEW television when the time is right and the feud calls for it. I thought the setting was great. I thought the look of it, the aesthetics were great. Both guys brought it. The visual of the casket just fucking being slammed into the dirt like that with Christian inside was great. I loved everything about this, man. I'm, I'm happy for both of these guys. And the shitty thing is, you know, and this is not Tony Khan's fault. This is not his creative, uh, a creative blunder on TK. Christian was legitimately out for months, and this derailed the feud. And yeah. kudos to both of these guys for picking the fucking pieces up where they had left off and continued the feud as if it never really happened to Christian, like he was never really injured. The intensity just never went away, and kudos to both of those guys for maintaining that, man. You know, the feud kind of died off a little bit in, in the fans' eyes, but... This match made up for it. I thought this was fantastic. It was. It was. I mean, it. it what can you really say about it, though, man? I mean, it. 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 I, I thought it came off very well. I mean, it played off well on TV. It. It. It was entertaining. Where do we go from here? I don't know. What. What happens to Christian? What happens to Jungle Boy? I don't know. My biggest. I. It, it feels like. It feels like Luchasaurus is a big question mark in this. Even though he had his match with him already, it feels like it maybe if I don't know, maybe if Luchasaurus would have come out and tried to help and then he overcame him and Christian, maybe. But it just seems like he's a missing part to this equation before as we try to blow it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they they, they we have not seen them interact in a while. And the last we heard, Christian and Luchasaurus were together. I mean, we have not seen them together. Is this guy hurt? Are we still dealing with the mask situation? Like, what are we? What's going on with Luchasaurus? He's he's missing from this storyline right now. Do you want to see Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus get Jurassic Express back together? I do. I absolutely do. And back in the back in the tag division, I absolutely do. I want it to make sense. I don't want it to happen this Wednesday. You know, I want to see it make sense and come together as a. I want to see it come together as a best friends getting back together story. Yeah, you no. Know, let let it take place over the course of a few weeks. 
Let Christian Cage try to be the one to stop it from happening and be, in a, be the little prick trying to intervene. And then they finally come back together and then they team back up and get that team back together. That would be something for, for Jungle Boy to do. Yeah. To advance in the tag division and go back for the tag team titles. I would like to see that as well. I think uh, I think they're missed. Not to take anything away from Jungle Boy, because I do think that if he stays on this course, that he will definitely be a challenger for MJF this year for the world title. He's not going to yeah. win it. It's but, too soon. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's too he's soon. not going to win it. But I mean, he, he's going to be he's going to be one of those guys. Darby and and Jungle Boy are just absolutely shoe wins for matches with MJF. I mean, it's inevitable that it's going to happen. Is. But um. But I like the, the, I like the way, uh, where he's needed now. You know, Jungle Boy is so fucking good. I feel bad that he's not going to be in a position that's really going to suit him that he deserves because right now there's no room for him. There's no championships for him to win because of the way the situation is with the championships. MJF being the world title, two baby faces holding the mid card titles. I feel like the tag team division right now is sorely needing some talent to get it right back to where it was. And I think Jurassic Express was a big part of that. I think taking them away kind of actually hurt the tag team division. It, it it is it is, and I appreciate what they were trying to do with it, but those two need to be together. I mean, for, if nothing else, for their own sakes, because there's not too much going on individually for these guys outside, of, you know, outside of their tag team. Yeah, right now, it would make more sense for them to be together, and they were more interesting together. Um, I think when you separate them, it it just. I, they're both over as fuck, and I bo- they can both get there, you know, in the long run, but it'd be so much easier as a tag team, and the division needs tag teams right now. It'd be the best thing to do is put them back together. Maybe they find a third and make it a trio, man. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe Hook could, could be that guy. You know, Jungle Boy, Hook, and, and Luchasaurus, you know. He'd be, be focusing on the tag division again, not the trios, man. I, I know, but I mean, th- there's no rules that say that the, a trios can't really, you know, do tag team. No. Well, got <laughs> Rules in AEW do not exist. Uh, I know. I, I don't, again, I don't know. I'm just, I'm thinking out loud. But, you know, uh, again, not to take anything away from uh, Jungle Boy as a solo act. This was tremendous. His pay-per-view uh, uh, resume oh, no, no, is stacking yeah. up. And uh, I'm loving what's uh, what's going on with him. He's, he's just a great fucking talent. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think Jungle Boy as a solo act is doing fine. And it will be fine. I'm just looking. I'm looking into his future. I see him falling off with nowhere to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see it. So, I mean, before we even get there, I think the next interesting thing for, for him would be to try to see him get back with his best friend and see if they can hash this shit out. Uh, that, that, that could take weeks, a couple of months. That could take to the next pay-per-view. That's a long-term story right there to start telling. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, that's something that Tony Khan needs to really focus on because uh, he needs to be a priority for sure on uh, on AEW Dynamite. We go from that banger to what to the surprise of nobody. Everybody knew this was going to be a banger. We we knew it was going to be a banger. That wasn't our problem with this match. I wouldn't have booked this match so soon without a story, but that's just me. But uh, I guess all six guys kind of proved. Uh, People like us wrong. Ha ha, you wanted a story, but the match was fucking great. I guess we didn't really need a story. No, you can't really base it off that, and you really can't use that as an excuse because something like this deserves a story. But regardless of all that, the House of Black, Malachi, Brody, and Buddy Matthews with Julia Hart against the elite, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, 
I mean, I don't even know what to say about this. Uh, we were worried about this coming in, Jesse, and the fact that there was no story and the fact that the story basically consisted of the lights going out, coming back on, masks, mind games, and a attack on Brandon Cutler that didn't really serve any purpose at all. But the story was that, and we go into this, this match was tremendous, every bit of, of, of good uh, or as good as we expected it to be. And the one thing that we worried about on top of the lack of story was AEW booking themselves into a fucking corner because of two reasons. One, the elite just wasted two months trying to win these trios championships. Do you take the titles off them after they just gave us two months of chasing the fucking titles in a best of seven series? Right. And then number two, the House of Black, they haven't even been on Dynamite for, uh, I, I have one hand, I could count on one hand how many times I've seen them on Dynamite. And they didn't really factor into anything trios-wise. And they can't lose because they need to be a priority. And they've been wanting an opportunity to prove themselves to everybody. Here they are with the lack of fucking opportunities they've gotten. You can't have them lose. What do you do? What do you do here? That was the big concern coming into this match. And I think what Tony Khan did tonight was give us the best possible outcome that he could give us. And we actually got new trios champions tonight in the House of Black, bro. Malachi Brody and Buddy Matthews beat the elite. And what was an absolute banger of a match. I can't really complain about the outcome because that's the outcome that I thought was best. But what are you thinking here? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, the, the match was great. The match was great. But yeah, I mean, how do you book this? I mean, I, I wouldn't have booked it. I'm sorry, I would not have booked this match so soon. I mean, it, it, it the met. You get the elite, and you get Brody King and and Malachi and Buddy. The match was never gonna suck. It was never gonna suck. So it, but it, it was it was about the storytelling, and you gave us a lot of story with a lot of weeks of build with the elite winning those titles, and then it just lost them just like that. Why? Because the lights went out a few times, like you said. They were scared. And they had a bid on BTE, and now they lost the titles. Where do they go from here? Don't know. It feels like that. I mean, it, it, I don't know. Again, too many titles changing in AEW with not with not enough story behind it. That is the thing. If you give us a long term story with an exciting title change, you won't hear any complaints. But it's just all right. Here's the elite. Versus House of Black, House of Black wins. Why? But nonetheless, do we have a rematch now? What does the elite do now? Are the Bucks going to go to the tag division? What's Kenny going to do? These are all questions that we'll, we'll get answers to as we go along. But my first question is, why did they lose these damn trios titles? I mean, it just doesn't feel like it was, it, it feels like it was too soon. People will be asking if there's a story that's needed here. Yes, everything needs a story. You know, don't believe somebody, you know, you can't believe somebody, especially the men in this match, that go on social media or go or go on interviews and tell you, yeah, we don't need a story. We're, we just want to have fun and we want to wrestle and that's not what we want to do with trios championships. That's just them covering up for the sake of making it look good to them and kind of shitting on the fans in, in some low-key way. You know, they want to, they, they, they're going to tell you that because they want to tell everybody that, yeah, the fans are wrong and we're right. We're, we're the professionals and the fans don't know shit. You don't want to watch a story 
you know, so be it. I want to watch a story. The majority of us want to watch a story. I don't want to watch anything that doesn't have a story. If you watch your favorite sitcom or a fucking, you know, show, episodic television, there's got to be a story behind everything that's going on. Otherwise, you're not going to enjoy it as much. There needs yeah. to be a story here. Number two, I've been wanting to see this match for, for months. I wanted to see variations of everybody in this match have a match. I want to see Kenny versus Buddy. I want to see Kenny versus Malachi. I want to see the elite, the, the, the Bucks versus Brody and, and Buddy. You know, th there are so many matches that could come out of this that would be fucking tremendous television. And they just gave it to you in one shot with nothing behind it. That's our problem. Not to take away anything from... We knew the match was going to be great. I mean, look at the fucking talent that's in this match. You got Buddy Matthews, who's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Kenny Omega's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. The Young Bucks may be the best tag team of all time. You got Brody King out there looking like an absolute fucking savage. That if you walk down a dark alley and you met this man, bro, I'm running the other way fucking as fast as my feet can carry me. Holy okay. shit. Out there dressed as fucking Captain Spaulding, dude. Holy shit. This man. is a tremendous team. The House of Black are tremendous. They're fucking cool. Their entrance blew the elite's entrance out of the water tonight. The crowd was more in favor of the House of Black than they yeah. were the elite. They popped big when yeah. those titles were won tonight by the House of Black. What does that say? Does that say the people are tired of the elite? Does yes. that say the House of Black, by the fans' point of view, deserve the opportunity that we, they got tonight and should have been getting these types of opportunities for months? I mean, there's a lot to dissect there. When you when you have a when you have a, a a team like the elite, where you know they're more over than House of Black, but then House of Black gets a better reaction like this, then I mean they're not no one's tired of the elite, but it's definitely time for some kind of story or better direction or something different to do with them because this is stale. Jesse, it's, I don't want I don't I don't want I don't want to cut you off. Joseph Menzies in the chat says there is a story. Joseph, I'd love to give you the floor, bro, and please explain to me what the story is. Because Jesse and I've been covering this shit for weeks, man. I've been doing this shit for about seven years now, man. There is no fucking story. I don't know if the story is there, bro. You please tell me what the fuck it is, because I don't know what the fucking story is. There's no Jesse story doesn't there. know what the story. There is no story. There is no story there. And if you think that it's okay that it doesn't have a story because you got a five star match tonight. I mean, you're just really covering up the problems, and these problems are very prevalent on AEW television that we're trying to call out for better. Please. Yeah. There the, is no the, story. The, the, the lack of story always leads to the, okay, well, what's next now issue? Because, like you said, okay, well, now the elite lost those titles. Well, what's next? Well, this story should lead us to what's next. Is there dissension within the elite? I haven't seen it. Joseph says they attack Brandon Cutler on Dark. Bro, that's enough to fucking book a match that, that, two that months later. And, and that's the story behind the trio. They they attacked Brandon Cutler. Bro, Joseph Menzies, I'm glad you're not in creative on AEW, bro. Because that there shit sucks. Put in the main event. Joseph <laughs> Menzies, folks, the creative head of AEW. They There's attacked no, Brandon Cutler. Yeah. Is there was there any kind of dissension in the elite? You could be looking at that. One is looking to stray off. Maybe, okay, that could, that could be a possible story going forward. There was none of that. Um, are, are, were, they, were, they, were they ripped off? Was there interference in the match to make them say, well, now we got to deal with this problem, and then we'll go for our Tritos titles? Nothing like that. Um, was there a returning star? Is, is, is there like, is, is, is like Adam Cole trying to get back in the elite, and now he sued McKinney? That'd be a story. That's not happened either. There is no story. There's nothing. 
I don't know. I don't know. Story, story, story. It's the the basis, the, the foundation of everything. Story. You know, Malachi's a smart guy, man. You think Malachi wants to go into something with no story? I mean, Malachi, Malachi booked his fucking introduction to AEW behind a fucking story. With a, Malachi is so story-driven that he took the eyeball incident that he did in WWE into AEW. You mean to exactly. tell me that this man doesn't want story? Exactly. Bingo. Buddy Matthews took his story from WWE to AEW to align himself with the guy that he fought five times in WWE. There's no story? If they could write a story coming into AEW, then they could give us a story behind the trio championships and why this match took place tonight, Joseph Menzies. What's the excuse now? I I saw the the story that Buddy Matthews is going to be getting tonight, and I saw his damn girlfriend tweeting about him. Buddy Matthews is incredible. Man. And so is his girlfriend. Good for them. Lucky man. Unbelievable, man. Stop making excuses. I'm not saying the match... We're not complaining because the the match was fucking incredible. I I love all six of these guys. I want to see these guys wrestle. It is my desire to see Buddy Matthews on TV more. He is fucking absolutely out of this world. So is Malachi. His wife might not think I'm incredible, but uh, he's a great fucking talent. Brody King. I mean, I'm glad these guys won. Great. But where do we go? If it's difficult for us to figure out where we're going next, who's next in line? Like Jesse said, are we going to get a rematch? Are we going to get some one-on-one matches? I mean, that's fine for the interim. It's fine to pop the fucking audience for a week, but over a long-term period, where do we go? Do we have have six more matches of the Elite versus House of Black now? Uh, I mean... (laughs) If there was a story built into this and this was the end result and then we move on to something else, I mean, it would have been a little bit more memorable. But all you're going to look back is that, oh, this was a banger match. Yeah. Where do we go next? Yep. I don't know. Crowd was hot for this. Not even going to bother going over this because this was uh, this was all over the place. Uh, so I'll take it up towards the end of it. Omega was snap dragon suplexing Malachi into oblivion here. That was fucking awesome. But... Omega tried to snap dragon on Brody, who counted into a fucking absolutely vicious lariat. Bucks cut off a triple team. Black fired off a, a knee pump and leg submission on Omega. Matt broke that up with a dive. Everybody took turns hitting big moves. Omega and Black stood tall. Forearm battle, knee battle. Both men just crumbled. All of a sudden, Julia Hart distracted Nick long enough to get Trapped in a sleeper on the apron by King, choking him out like he did Darby. So Matt broke that up. Omega took him out with a V-trigger. So we get those multiple snapdragons on Malachi by Omega. So Julia Hart gets on the apron again, and she is trying to sway the, the match in the House of Black's favor. Omega tried for a one-winged angel on Malachi. Black broke free. Omega fired off a V-trigger and accidentally took out Julia. Or maybe it was purpose. Maybe she intended to get hit. I don't know. She got knocked out with a V-trigger, so good on her for taking that. She falls to the outside. Black hit Black Mass. Omega bailed, but uh, or he was uh, bailed out by Nick uh, because Malachi went for the cover. Dante's Inferno by House of Black connected on Omega. Bucks broke it up. 
Uh, Brody wiped out the Bucks on the outside. Matt was launched into the front row. I thought this was the end of the match. House of Black surrounded Omega, but took too long. The Bucks came back in, broke up uh, whatever offense was going on with a super kick bar, uh, party. BTE trigger connected on Malachi. Buddy Matthews broke things up. Bucks tried for the Meltzer driver, only for Matthews to hit Nick in midair with a fucking vicious move. Nick was planted with Dante's Inferno, and the House of Black win the trios championships of what was a tremendous match. Uh, I'm glad that they won, and we all knew it was going to be a banger. But next time, you know, these titles, the TNT title is prone to it, needs to change. The All-Atlantic Championship, prone to it, needs to change. And the trios championships are prone to it. It needs to change. It looks like the only things, as far as titles are concerned, that AEW has a story are the... Triple B, the, the AEW World Championship, and, and even the Women's Championship has a fucking story. I mean, the the Women's Championship has a story. You know how far how far that's been neglected, you know? It is. It, it, it feels like the Women's Championship is brewing a bigger story yes. in the, it, behind their front story right now, and it's, it's coming along just fine. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Congratulations to the House of Black. Absolutely tremendous match. Um... It being on the show tonight made the pay-per-view that much better, but, I mean, I would have... Imagine how good it would have been if the fucking story was behind it. I guess the AEW fans don't really care for a story after we got a five-star match tonight with these with these six guys. I mean, whatever it is, uh, I guess we're complaining for no reason, but we'll find out on Wednesday where they go next, man. Where, where do the elite go? I know one topic that Jesse and I have talked about uh, vigorously. I, I really hope, I really hope, Jesse, after this is over, that we move on from this. The House of Black and the elite go their separate ways. Kenny Omega gets back into a singles capacity and the Young Bucks get back in the tag team division. That's what needs to happen. Easy. And keep them together. And, and keep, keep them, them together. together. They can stay together. But them separated, you know, adding both depth to the to the singles and the tag team division, I think that's the best for business here. It is. It absolutely is. And also, don't forget, we have something brewing with the elite and Don Callis and one Kanosuke Takesta. Yeah. So let's see where that's going next. He, they, he, Don is trying to bring him into the fold. So we'll see. You know, the whole the whole idea, you know, I don't know what the idea was behind the uh, elite getting the trios championships. You know, back in the day when Kenny Omega and Adam Page won the tag team championships, that was the absolutely most brilliant move for Tony Khan to make as that reign built the tag team division and led to a story between Page and Omega that played into the greatest long-term booking angle that AEW has had up until this point, okay? That was great. I think, Jesse, they tried to do the same thing with the trio championships, but I think it kind of fell on deaf ears because I don't think they understand how much talent is on this roster now. They did not need to do what they did with the tag team titles like Kenny Omega and Paige did with the Elite here with the trio championships, knowing that you got the House of Black who are absolutely capable of doing what they did with the tag team titles with the trio championships now. So it, it kind of was a waste of time, to be honest with you. It was. It was, man. You know? I mean, and, and I, again, if you guys are just joining us, if you guys are just joining us, it might sound like that we didn't like the show. But that's not the case. We love the show. It was a fantastic pay-per-view. We're going over it in order at this point. So if you're just joining us, we love the show but we will pick out the parts that we just didn't understand or enjoy. Bainbridge Omega in the chat says, you want story? Go watch Days of Our Lives. Sounds like Bainbridge Omega's got the IQ of Ryan Satin, a fucking retard. <laughs> Get the fuck out. You want story? Go watch Days of Our Lives. 
I mean, I don't see you fucking complaining about the story that you're watching with the Bloodline play out on Friday night. You want story? AEW is very capable of story. They told MJF and CM Punk, incredible story. They told Paige and Omega, incredible story. They're capable of story. The company that you love is very much capable of story. But all of a sudden, you're just throwing it to the wayside, and now it's not a problem that there's no story here. There needs to be a story. Fuck out of here. funny part about that is a lot of people have always said that pro wrestling is nothing but soap operas for adult men. And fine, I'll take that. So if a, if wrestling is a soap opera for adult men, then it should definitely have a fucking story. You know, AEW is 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 a, is a little hot take for uh, Mr. Bainbridge Omega and Robert Menzies. You know, AEW. You know, no matter how much of the alternative they really are compared to WWE, which is kind of not really that much because Triple H is kind of doing the same thing that Tony Khan's doing over. On the WWE side of things, you know, you know, there was this little thing called black and gold, right? AEW basically is the model of Ring of Honor and NXT Black. NXT was a model of Ring of Honor, and AEW is a model of black and gold. But I never once heard Jesse and I complain of a lack of story on Black and Gold. There was story every fucking week. So if one hour show, and the shows are the same. One hour every week, takeovers were the most brilliant shows that they ever produced. And there was story in everything that they did. Now, all of a sudden, people don't want story going into AEW Revolution and pay-per-views and this and that. I mean, what are you guys, fucking stupid? It's the same show. NXT had one hour of pre-recorded television every week. Pre-recorded. They recorded NXT. What do you think Tony Khan is doing? It's NXT. You're watching NXT Black and Gold on Wednesday night. That's what you're getting with Dynamite. What are you fucking stupid? I can't tell the difference. The only thing that they don't have is WWE's rich production. That's all they that's all they're missing. And Kevin Dunn. That's all they're missing. Unbelievable, guys. I mean, please, holy shit. It's like there's some new breed of fucking stupid every paper, every AEW pay-per-view in this chat. Get me started. Anyway, moving on. Did we find out who that kid was that Julia Hart came out with? Was it Brody King's kid? Maybe. I didn't even see it. I thought I thought Jesse was in, in, insinuating that Julia Hart was pregnant. Then I'm like, why would she take a bump? Why would she take a V-trigger <laughs> off the fucking apron if she was pregnant? Like, what are you I talking said, about? I, what kid? I text, I text this guy. I said... I'm gonna pull it up right here. I said, "Who's like who's this kid Julia Hart came out here with?" And then he goes, "What is she pregnant?" Like, no. <laughs> Vijan Worth in the chat. Just appreciate the match. What the fuck is this raging about? Get him out. Get him out. Clearly, you're a noob here. I don't want. I don't want noobs here, bro. If you're gonna be that fucking stupid as a noob, get him out. Come on. We love noobs. Come on, man. We, Holy we, shit. We, we, we What's love, the raging we love- about? We love sensible, smart noobs. Join us. It was Brody's son, says not today, Jay. There you go. Brody's son, okay. I was like, oh, man, House of Black One. Look, there's Julia. She got knocked off the ring apron and came back with a child. What the fuck just happened just now? (laughs) Man, I tell you what, man. Julia Hart is uh... Lee Johnson's lucky guy, man. She is... My guy, yeah, Lee like Johnson. Shout, shout out to Lee Johnson. Shout out to Lee Johnson, man. Shout out to Big Shoddy. He had a main event with Kanosuke Takesto on Dark, man. Really? See, this is yes, what happens did. when I don't watch that. Was it good? 
Yes, damn good, man. All right. Damn good. Damn there good you. match. Absolutely. He looked good out there. Yeah. Is Lee getting better? Lee is good to go, man. There you go. Lee is good to go. He's 100% from his injury. He's good to go. Waiting on creative, bro. And he's, in the, out, he's out there with Konosuke. They, they got plans for him now. There you go. Look, Love to catch good. the two. But Julia, I remember, I remember when Julia Hart started coming out as his cheerleader. And it was going nowhere. It was really fucking boring and lame. And I think she I, I think she's nailing this gimmick that she has. Yeah, she looks great out there, man. You know, the yes. whole the, you know what I love most about it? She looks she looks so fucking creepy with that that hat, man. You can't see her face and the veil that covers that. She she got that down perfect, man. I love that look. Yes. Yes, she 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 definitely is nailing that gimmick. She's had um sporadic matches here and there on dark, and they've booked them well around her gimmick. Yeah. Um, she's very methodical in her moves. The moves that she, the moves that she do, it, they look like moves that she's practiced and executed because she do, she does them well. She doesn't try to do too much. She plays into her gimmick and every, in every move that she makes, she's looking good out there, man. I can't wait to see her get out there, get involved in the women's division and find a way to incorporate her gimmick into, into those matches in the women's division. But she's doing great things right now. Yeah, the power of a valet, man. I'm telling you, the power of a valet. She's got her look down and her vibe down more than Scarlett does with Karrion Cross, bro. That's how good she is. Yes. Jamie Hayter, speaking of how good the ladies are, Jamie Hayter, oh, man. Man. Oh, my goodness. Winner. She defeated Soraya and Ruby Soho to retain the AEW Women's Championship triple threat match. Um, the match itself was fine. It wasn't anything too crazy. Um, we didn't really get anything over the top. It wasn't, uh, you know, something that's going to blow you away or anything. It was really all about Ruby Soho and where her alliances were going to be. Now, Jesse and I had complained about the lack of story. Again, you know, the, the same thing that we're talking about with the elite. Where is the story? And, and nobody could really nobody could really sit here and, and blame Jesse and I for asking where the story is with these ladies because we have yet to hear Soraya or Tony Storm tell us, the fans, why they are the quote-unquote outsiders and why they're spray-painting L's on everybody and what their agenda is and what they want to accomplish by taking over the AW Women's Division. They haven't given us a reason at all about what their plans are for doing what they're doing. Now, we go from Ruby Soho and where she goes to now how Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter are going to respond because this is obviously becoming a uh, war of attrition here, a civil war within the AW women's locker room. Jesse, the story of the match was Ruby Soho. At the end of this thing, she failed to win the women's championship, but she now showed face and aligned herself with her ex-WWE ladies. Tony Storm and Soraya now have Ruby Soho in their corner. Okay, some progression. Some progression. Here we go. You know, so now it looks like Britt Baker... And 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 Jamie Hader, they need an ally. Yeah. Q Hikaru Shida. Let's see. Or are we, are, are we ever gonna cue Mercedes Monet? Or or Thunder Rosa. Or Thunder Rosa. She's Thunder an original. Rosa. She's an original for sure. And as and as uh you know what what a story it would be, man, to, to go from them hating each other to them teaming together for the common good of the women's locker room, man. That's a story in itself right there. It could be. It could be. And it also sets up all kinds of potential 
different directions when they branch off from that because I think there's still room for Thunder Rosa to come back and turn heel. Um, I think there's still room for Britt Baker to turn heel on Jamie Hayter. Um, they could also um, prolong that and put it off to later. That feud is always going to be there. The more I see Britt Baker... Hi, Brittany. Hi, Britt. How, how are you? Congratulations on the six years with Adam. I love you guys both. I really do. Fantastic. Bebe. We're big fans of Bebe. Fantastic. I, 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 I think that feud's always going to be there. She probably the, the thinks more we're a I bunch see... of fucking assholes, man. I swear yeah. to God. We are. The, the more I see Britt Baker smiling and putting over Jamie Hayter as champion, the more I see evil bitch Britt Baker from back in the day saying, that's my fucking title and I want it back. Listen, man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be super excited when that happens because it's just an, a naturally built-in story, and it's gonna yes. enha- it's gonna enhance Jamie Hader, and, and Britt Baker is gonna go right back to doing what she does best, and, and that's being that's being a total bitch, and yep. she thrives in that role. It's, I don't mean that as an insult or, or making fun of her. Oh no, oh, no, her no, you, she, she's gr- she's great in that role. If you if you're a heel, you have to be a fucking evil yeah. bitch. You have to. Yeah, you have to. If you're a woman in wrestling, you have to be an evil fucking bitch, dude, and and you will be loved as a heel. So I, I am I listen. Uh, th- this match itself was fine. We we all knew we all knew Jamie Hader was going to win this match. What I'm excited about for the first time, and, and this is not me, you know, changing my opinion. I still think that there's no story here. I I, I want to know the reason. I, I got to know why the ladies are doing what they're doing. But I will say this: the intensity of what happened at the end of the match, where Tony was uh, very angry and started beating on Jamie Hader, and she threw a camera down. And then Ruby turned and aligned herself with the heels and kicked Britt in the head and kicked Jamie in the head and then spray-painted L's on their chests. I like that. I I thought the ending was very good, but we're still missing the reason why. I hope that they give them a segment on Wednesday to give me what their their agenda is and why Ruby decided to do what she did. We need some vocalization here in, in why these ladies are now aligned. Who else plays into this? Is it going to be Sheeta? Is it going to be Thunder Rosa? Are we going to get Mercedes at the end of this thing? Because there is, there are other WWE ladies on that roster, but I mean, do they really have the heat and the momentum to be placed in this feud to kind of take it to where it needs to be? I, I don't think so. So it's going to be a very interesting situation to follow. No, and and where is Jay Cargill? Is she injured? Uh, who cares? Because she's holding a title. It's her. It's her title. They made the title for her. Bro, they, they are basically holding those. The, they they are basically holding that championships for for Chris Statlander. I believe it's gotta be. It, it, it that it, they have to be. That's Chris Statlander's fucking title. It was gonna be hers before her injury, man. Yeah. But who else is on this on this roster that could fit onto the WWE side? Athena, right? Athena. Athena. We haven't seen Athena. Where's Athena at? Holy shit. Um, she's been on Dark, and she's the ROH Women's Champion, man. She hasn't been on Dynamite. Oh, Dynamite is not ROH, man. Well, neither is uh, neither is uh, uh, Claudio and Wheeler Yuta, but they're on Dynamite. And they're in the BCC. And so Athena is great. Why isn't she on TV? Athena is great. Um, I like the I, I liked her new direct. Her new gimmick is basically she's gonna stiff the hell out of you in her fucking matches. Good. That's her gimmick. I'm Good. gonna. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. You talk about fucking Queen of Strong Style. That, that that should be her new fucking gimmick. She is just gonna fucking potato your ass, dude. Good. Is, it is fucking brutal Good. to watch. So many women go into this, oh, I'm gonna break a nail. 
No. Shit. No, I want you. I want you to go in there and wrestle. If you're gonna be a fucking wrestler, I want you to wrestle. Fuck your hair extensions and your fucking eyelashes and and break any of your nails. Give me a break. Shit. She's gonna fucking fight you, and then after the match, she's gonna continue to fucking fight you. She is. She is doing really good shit. Um, it is definitely time for her to show more, do more on TV. I don't see her following anyone right now. She's in a, she's in a she's in a good spot where she could lead. So if she comes on TV, I can't see her just being a teammate with these other women. She'd have to be the leader. Yeah, you know, we listen, if I if I had a play in this, obviously Mercedes is going to come in and uh fucking sway the power to to the outsiders. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. That's just wishful thinking. I don't want to really sit here and dwell on that because if it happens, it happens. It's no, it's no split off my back, and, and she's going to do great things with or without AEW. Um, Serena Deeb is a possibility to join the uh, OGs. Um, oh, obviously, so Tony Storm, uh, Sheeta, and, and then on the WWE side. Listen, you know, is, is it out of the realm of possibility if if Tony doesn't get Mercedes? Maybe we get maybe we get a Mandy Rose. Who knows? Maybe we get Mandy Rose in AEW. That that would be maybe. great. You know, with with. With Mercedes, though, we don't know we don't know what kind of what kind of deal she has going on as far as working AEW. AEW is not the kind of place you come over and and you can just do a one off. People are going to expect you to be involved in storylines. Yep. So if she's only doing certain dates here and there, it seems like we may only get her in specific matches at specific times. You know, I I don't I don't I mean again nobody knows shit. You know, but I don't know if she's gonna be in AEW if and when she shows up for weeks at a time. So she, we might get her for a one-off here or there. Maybe we will get her full-time. We don't know if or when we're getting her. So it's kind of hard to fantasy book her right now. Yeah. yeah. And Soraya, she looked pretty decent out there tonight. I thought the triple threat match did enough to kind of cover her up as well and, and kind of get her out of the action and not have her forced in there for a 10, 15-minute match completely on her own. Uh, she looked good in there. Still a little hesitation on her. Um, I don't think she should be taking bumps on a fucking apron like she did tonight with uh, who who did who, uh, Jamie Hader with a urinage on the fucking apron to 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 Soraya. I mean, holy shit! I mean, why? It is so rough. It's <laughs> so rough it's from so- Jamie Hader of all fucking people. God, dude. it is so hard to watch um, people like Soraya and Brian Danielson. That fucking spot. Everybody knows that spot, the spot that made Taz fucking mark out and, and damn near fucking beat the shit out of Shivani, where MJF took him in. The, and, and you can tell in that spot where he took him, it, it was like a, it was like a, um, it, it was like a, uh, uh, what is it? Takamichinochu driver almost. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, good driver, yeah. But you could tell in the setup, MJF had his hand planted securely behind his head and neck. And when they went for it, he cuffed it right away. Even as he went down, it still looked very fucking scary, man. You don't want to see people like that with previous severe injuries take bumps like that. It is so scary. And again, we're not wrestlers. I mean, this is all hearsay. We just see what we see on TV and then uh, call it out on shows like this. But I'm sure she's all right. Don't really want to see it again. But... The ladies had a very good match. Post-match was very good. Uh, well, I'm very interested to see if they give us any sort of explanation on AEW Dynamite. And uh, we'll see where it goes. Because I feel like we are definitely leading towards uh, some sort of civil war or uh, a little blow-up in the AEW women's locker room that's going to culminate in a blood and guts match this summer. 
Speaking of blood, I'm sure, bro, bro the, the, there was a lot, a lot of people online that were very, very angry and very salty over the fact that John Moxley and Adam Page had blood in a Texas death match, man. Oh, my goodness. What did you it was expect? Blood tonight? What, what did you expect? Adam Page and John Moxley, they'll be hand in hand fucking skipping in a field of roses. Holy oh. shit. I've never seen more people upset over the fact that there was red substance in a match than I saw tonight on social media. People legitimately complaining about something you all knew was going to happen. Why? I, I knew it was coming. I Why? I knew it was coming. You all focused on that, and you missed and, and took away from what was an absolute classic of a match. Here's the funny part. So people watched Dynamite and Rampage just to wait for and look for blood to complain about it. But for this one, you paid for the pay-per-view. You paid for the pay-per-view and... Soon as it came up, you couldn't wait to start complaining about blood in a pay-per-view. What the fuck, man? I don't I don't understand. I, I really I really don't. This this match, man, I, I tell you, man, I love Adam Page, man. I love John Moxley. These guys put fucking everything they had into this match. Excalibur even compared this to Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen tonight. That's exactly yeah, what he said on commentary. I mean, the crowd was so into this right from the word go. Adam Page jumped Moxley during his entrance, coming through the crowd. That's how fucking hot this match got started. Bro, at one point in this match, we've we seen everything. We've seen chains. We've seen barbed wire. Barbed wire fucking cardboard. Barbed wire chairs. Bricks. We've seen it all, man. But the one thing that got me was I'm sitting on my couch eating a bowl of mint chocolate chip ice cream during this match. I got a bowl of mint chocolate chip ice cream in my lap. I got my fucking Dunkin' coffee on the table in the living room, and I'm eating my ice cream, and John Moxley takes a fucking fork out of his boot and starts stabbing Adam Page in the forehead, bro. Blood squirting all over the place. I'm like, I don't even want my fucking ice cream anymore, man. Holy shit. How can yep. I eat this shit by watching this shit on TV and enjoy myself when yeah another fucking human being stabbing a guy with, with a with a, a fucking dinner fork in the forehead? Now, if you're in the chat and you're watching us and you have not seen the pay-per-view, you're just watching the review. This was, I mean, and I'm always wanting to sit here and come and, and make fun of people who complain about seeing blood in a wrestling show. But if you were to watch this. It was a camera shot, a single camera shot, zoomed in, no cutaways, and you saw Moxley take this fork, aim for Hangman's head, and lit it wasn't like he just, it just kind of like grounded it. You saw him go, wham, 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 and then blood just started fucking pouring out of his fucking temple. All one shot, not zoomed out, zoomed right in. It was the most graphic thing I've ever seen in a wrestling show. Ever. Man, it was it was that. What got me was that. And then Adam Page, he's got Moxley. He sets up a fucking chair that's wrapped in barbed wire in the corner. And Moxley's in the corner. And Page tries to fucking shoulder tackle him into the steel chair. 
or, or spear him into the steel chair that's wedged in between the second and third turnbuckles. Adam Page dives headfirst into this chair wrapped in barbed wire. And I don't know. I, all I seen was a small portion of the barbed wire, bro, turn red. And then Tony Schiavone said, is that hangman's skin on, on, on the chair, on the barbed wire? They got stuck to the barbed wire. I'm like, it was his geez, let me go put this fucking ice cream back in the freezer. I can't eat this shit. Someone sent a, 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 a shot of it. It was his hair. It was like a big-ass chunk of Hangman's hair stuck in the barbed wire. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, this, was, this was incredible. Paige, uh, after that spot, obviously is just bleeding all over the place. Uh, Moxley takes two bricks from underneath the ring. This is another great spot. Takes two bricks from underneath the ring. And puts Adam Page's hands in between the bricks, sandwiches his hands in between the bricks, and stomps on the fucking bricks. Holy shit. Picture perfect pile driver, flush, nailed it. Page, the, the, by, by the way, the rules of this match submission, or you gotta get up at a count of 10. So that's the rules of their Texas death match here. Uh, pile driver, Page gets up at a seven. Moxley then hog tied Page. Page bit at Moxley's hand, flipped off Moxley. And then started putting some strikes into Moxley's face. Page hit a backdrop suplex and a lariat to breathe finally in this match. Page then wrapped barbed wire around his right arm and hit rolling elbow strikes before hitting a fallaway slam onto a barbed wire steel chair on John Moxley. Yes, this was violent. If you guys didn't know that already. So Page followed up with a dead eye onto the chair. Moxley rolled to the floor at nine to save himself. Page hit a slingshot. Dive sent Moxley into a board that was set up on the outside earlier in the match with barbed wire. Moxley was laughing. Page then uh, was crotched in the ropes. Moxley pulled a strand of barbed wire out from somewhere and started raking it across Page's back. You've visibly seen the fucking tears in Page's back. So Moxley, he, he gets up off the top turnbuckle here. And he has a chair in the middle of the ring. He goes out to the floor, toss Page out to the floor, set up another barbed wire board. Page beats the 10 count, and they get back into the ring. He rolls into the ring. He hits a big lariat, fired up more lariats. Page then tried a buckshot. Moxley counted into a death rider, a curb stomp onto the brick. Moxley and Page get back up. They beat the shit out of each other some more. Page stacked the bricks on their sides. He looked for a dead eye. He wanted to do dead eye on these bricks. Then he sank in a rear naked choke. Moxley hit a big mule kick. Uh, and then he charged. Page took, his, uh, took the brick and clobbered Moxley with the brick. Took the, the steel chain that was introduced early in the match and wrapped the chain around his neck. Page hit Moxley with a buckshot lariat. Hung him over the top rope. And Moxley, bro, taps out in what I believe is the first time that John Moxley's ever tapped out in his AEW tenure. Adam Page taps out John Moxley in a Texas death match, a match that Moxley had brought to Page's attention, Texas death at Revolution. Yeah, Hangman actually hung someone. I that was kind of cool. <laughs> yes. I thought that was kind of cool. And yeah, the fact, the fact that, the, the fact of Moxley actually tapping out isn't bullshit. I saw people like on Twitter like, "Oh, Moxley tapping out is bullshit." No, it's it's the fact that Hangman did so much fucking just just brutal damage to him that Moxley just had to. It's like he, like you got me, you fucking got me, okay? 
I mean, he and Moxie's you know, Moxie's not too cool. Moxie's man enough to know, hey, this guy's got me, and I got a wife and child to go home to. I got to fucking tap out. He knows his limits. So I thought this was this was an awesome rub for Hangman. No one has that fucking accolade to say they had they had John Moxie tap out. That's only for Hangman. Yeah, I think that's fucking awesome, man. You know, a lot of people complained about the violence of this match, calling it uh, dirt low, d- dirt low for AEW. You know, uh, a circus. It's beneath them, and this and that. You know, John Moxley left WWE, where he was never allowed to do anything close to this. Not even a tenth of what he saw, what we saw tonight. I mean, I remember the story where John Moxley rumored to wrestle Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. What was it? Thirty? What was it? Thirty? Yeah. Thirty-two. WrestleMania like 32, uh, Moxley and, and, and Brock Lesnar. And, and Moxley came with all these ideas, and, and Vince and Brock turned every single one of them down because Moxley wanted to make it memorable. The man was Mox, fucking Mox handcuffed. Said, yeah, Moxley said, look, we're going to go out here for WrestleMania. I'm going to lose this match. I want you to kick my ass. Yeah. It wasn't like Moxley said, And Brock didn't want to do anything. Ones. He's like, I don't know what the fuck I got to do all that for. I'm going to beat you or I'm just going to beat you. Yeah. Mox like no beat this shit out of me. Use this. Use this. You don't have. To, I don't have to do it on you. Uh, a man this. who a man who who wanted so much more out of his run comes here, and, and you're all crucifying him for it because Living of the dream. of the of the fucking work he's given you here. Meanwhile, look at what he did in, in, in the other place. He wasn't allowed to do any of this shit. Let the man do what he wants to do. This is what he likes to do. Now, granted. Jesse and I absolutely agree that the blood in AEW is a little overdone. We don't mind seeing the blood. The blood makes the show better. But the use of the blood is a little too much to a point where if we didn't see Moxley bleed in his last six matches in a row, and we saw him bleed tonight, how big of an effect would the blood have been tonight if we didn't see it fucking the last six matches Moxley had? That's the point that we're trying to make. The fact of the blood being in the match is exactly what we want. And please, stop being a social justice warrior at the end of the day because I I very much know that my audience and a lot of the people on social media, unless you're a fucking noob in the community, you grew up on Paul Heyman and ECW in the ECW arena. I grew up on that shit. I used to buy old VHS tapes watching ECW. I thrive, I, I just loved the blood and the violence and everything that ECW was doing that WWE wasn't. Why are you complaining about blood, man? You grew up on ECW, yet you complain about this? Stop trying to make a difference in swaying people's opinions and stop trying to be a social justice warrior in 2023. It makes you look like a fucking prick. Shut the fuck up, man, and just enjoy what these two guys did. And what they did, Jesse, is give us an absolute match of the year candidate on Revolution. I loved everything about this. This was the perfect blow-off to a fucking feud that these guys had. Brilliant. It is. I mean, the, the, fact, the fact is, a lot of you people out there are just conditioned and programmed to not see blood in wrestling anymore. Yes. I mean, and, and, and look, dude, I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you on this one, dude. It's, if you, wrestling is supposed to be a fight. It's a simulated fight. To anyone here, watching us right now if you've ever legitimately been in a fight there's blood it happens when you see boxing matches there's blood when you see ufc matches there's blood the fact that there's blood in wrestling should not be a shocker or something that's no taboo and shouldn't happen if it happened every match it would just be realistic because blood happens in fights 
Now, yeah, for entertainment purposes, I would like to see less blood because when I do see it, I want it to be more impactful. But I'm not sitting here saying, I don't want to see blood. Blood shouldn't be happening. This is messed up. No, I just want to see it less so I can appreciate it when we do get it. That's all. Yes, and please, I'd love if everybody is listening to me and you're the ones complaining about this. I want you to really keep that same energy when WWE has a Hell in a Cell or a Steel Cage or an Elimination Chamber match or some sort of match that blows off a feud that is in a violent setting and they don't deliver blood. I want you to keep that same energy for WWE because it's the oh, same boy. criticism that you're giving Tony Khan, John Moxley, Adam Page, and everybody else that wants to bleed here. It's the same fucking thing, but in reverse because you don't get blood in the It'll moment that enough. you need blood over there. <laughs> and we're getting too much of it over here. Keep that same energy <laughs> and really bleed. take a step back and fucking shut the fuck up next time, really. How do you have an elimination chamber with six people and they're beating the shit out of each other for 45 minutes and no one bleeds. No one bleeds. Name me the last Hell in a Cell where we saw blood. I can't name it. Man. I can't name it. So, yeah, it's the polar opposite. There needs to be a little bit more blood in WWE and a little bit less blood in AEW. Yes, absolutely. These guys absolutely killed it. This was a fucking star-making performance. This is the last thing I'll say on this, and we'll get to the Wardlow match. With the win tonight from Adam Page... Him, him tapping out John Moxley, him proving that he's the better man here tonight. I'm making Adam Page, bro, the number one contender for MJF going into double or nothing. Okay. <laughs> it took him a while to answer that. Okay. Adam Page and, and, and MJF, double or nothing, AEW championship match. Okay. All right. Yeah. You, he, hang, I mean, Heyman needs to go up from here. Um, there's only one up for Hangman, and that's that. And that's MJF. Yep. Um, Hangman won here, so yeah. I mean, that, that he he could be his next opponent, and it'd be well deserved. I mean, fucking Hangman and Mox fucking gave us a fucking brutal beating tonight. They should be able to do whatever the fuck they want to do for the next feud. Yep. And totally. it still feels like these guys are gonna be friends after this fight, man. Do you get a they sense that so Moxley? Do you get a sense that Moxley was kind of healing it up tonight? Do you, do you think that the Blackpool Combat Club is going heel? No, I didn't. I didn't feel. I didn't no. feel any heel for Moxley. No, no, not at all. I, I felt like th at the end of it, these guys were really, really, really evenly fucking matched, and it just came down to Hangman got him in a spot where he just Mox just had to give it up, you know. So it. it it feel. I mean, just look at the back and forth, the back and forth, the strong style, and all of the blood back and forth. Very, very, very fucking even. Even like the same as the last match, you know, when Mox just barely won and then they jumped up and got back at each other's face and they want to go back at it. These guys ended this feud, if the feud is over, it should be over, in a very even manner to the point where I, I, it feels like they're going to have a mutual respect for each other going forward. Yeah, my, uh, Hangman got new theme music tonight, by the way. Uh, I forgot to mention that. Uh, I, yeah. I, I kind of, I mean, Mikey Ruckus is fucking awesome at his job, but... Um, I, I thought the new theme music fit him. Um, it's going to take a little bit of an adjustment because I, I like the old theme music. Uh, when, when that opening, uh, you know, section of the theme music, the old theme music hit, people used to pop. So we got to get used to the new one. But yeah, man, new theme music, well, new direction for Hangman. I like it. Well, uh, Mikey said it was a one-off. Oh. He said it was a one-off. So we'll see if it goes back to his regular music. Oh, okay. Um. Hangman came out to different music when he came running out last time we saw him, and everybody was like, oh, it's a miscue or something else. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure if it was the same music or not. I don't remember. No, me neither. 
I don't remember, but it was not his original music. But Mikey on Twitter tonight did say that it was a one-off. So we'll see if they go back to his original. Excellent match. I think Paige and MJF is going to be the main event of Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. So we will see what happens uh, following this match. But I thought this was the absolutely most perfect way to blow off this feud and uh, keep crying. Because I love to see people upset when uh, something great happens on AEW television. Wardlow and Samoa Joe, man. These two had the, uh, <laughs> the sad task of following the uh, Texas death match, man. And... I knew it was going to be a long night for both Joe and Wardlow, bro. When Joe got, got his entrance and the heat for Samoa Joe's entrance is usually on fire, bro, it was uh, it was lukewarm at best, man. That crowd was completely exhausted from that absolute war we saw with Moxley and Paige. And it, it really felt that Wardlow and Joe, man, for the TNT title just felt like a, a fucking filler match. Now, and Not to take anything away from these two guys, big fans of both of these guys, but it just felt like a match. It, it felt like it was in the death spot. And Wardlow wins the TNT Championship, which we all kind of expected, in a very uninspired way, man. I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it, it was literally something that just caught everybody off guard. And he just, he just won the championship onto the next onto the next match. Really no heat behind it. Wardlow, I'm, 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 I'm very sorry to say. I mean, it, but... I want I want to be wrong on this, you know. I want to I want to have to come back here one day and be like, hey, I was wrong, fuck. But it feels like Wardlow will never, ever get the momentum back he had, um, in his run with MJF. No, it, it, they they will never get him back there again. That's what it feels like. He was white hot. Um, the crowd was behind him. Everybody wanted the world for Wardlow. And he cooled off like someone dumped a bunch of fucking ice cubes into a fucking uh, 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 a fucking bat of warm tea. I mean, he just cooled off. And I don't know if he's ever going to get that momentum back. You, you know, man, we, we were talking about this months ago. Like, uh, who who could MJF possibly drop the title to when his time comes to end that reign? You know, we, we mentioned Wardlow as a name, bro. I don't even know if I, I stick to that opinion anymore, to be honest with you. I mean, we talked about MJF and Wardlow reheating their rivalry at some point later in his title reign, MJF's title reign, and that may be the catalyst that gets Wardlow back to where he was, but I don't even think that's the fucking case anymore, to be honest no, with you. No, if, if they if they do, and I'm proven wrong, awesome, because I like Wardlow, man. Yeah. I do, I, I like Wardlow. The only, thing that I, the only thing that I did not like about Wardlow during that run is it felt like they were trying to do too much, too much Goldberg. Yeah, too much. Well, that, that, that didn't bother me too much, though. I, I, that did. It bothered because I hate fucking Goldberg. Yeah, who, who? I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Fuck Bill the, Goldberg, the, by the way. Fuck, he, the, the, he's on a retirement match. Yeah, yeah, sure. Fuck, yeah, yeah, they we, they owe me retirement. Get this guy the fuck out of here. You and your fucking little dorky ass son with no shirt. I mean, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no. No, I no, love no. the Bill. I love the Bill Goldberg slander on my page, man. I love it. I, I, or on my podcast, I love it. Fucking hell. But yeah, walking from the back with security and the crowd chanting Wardlow. I mean, look, it was a sign of him being over. I'm just not a fan of the Goldberg treatment. I'm just, I'm just not. Just give him, give him his own. Give him his own shit. He doesn't need Goldberg. I feel like they kind of uh, generic him up as well, bro. With his uh, his ring attire, the singlet that it's just plain black. It's like, the fuck did they do to this guy? 
it's so hard to, you know. First of all, they cut his so, hair off. The, the hair was a great story. I love the explanation of his hair. And if that's a true story, you know, um, shout out to Wardlow because, you know, talking about something like that's got to be very difficult. But the, the hair, not him him with the short hair, bro, does not, does not bode uh, uh, as a good look for him. No. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. He looks like Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, 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 a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but he, so Warlow as a heavy for MJF, and then MJF treating him like shit, and everybody hates MJF and hates the fact that he's treating this awesome wrestler like shit, gave us everything we needed to get behind Warlow and want to be behind him. To get that back, I mean, if you just rinse and repeat it, that wouldn't work. I mean, people will see right through that shit. We just we did this shit already. It's, and it's a step back to put Warlow in a faction and make him a heavy. So I'm not sure how you get this. How do you get the people to care about Warlow the same way that they did before? I don't know. Uh, I mean, L- L- Warlow is so fucking good too, man. It, it's it, it's something that genuinely angers me. Like th- this should we we should not be talking about this. We should not be in this posi- position where we're talking about like. You know, where, where do we go with Wardlow? I mean, he was he was a shoo-in. Yeah. He was so easy. He waited three years to get that fucking moment, and then all of a sudden it just goes away, and, and it's going to be ha- however mo- however many months or years to get him back to where he is. You know, what I feel is, you know, something like this and the neglect by AEW management, bro, it's going to be something at the end of Wardlow's contract that's going to drive him to WWE, to be honest with you. He's going to seek be. other opportunities. He's going to seek me. I can do better than this shit. And you know WWE's going to be all over that. When, when, and, when his contract is up. And he will be very successful in WWE. Yes, and he's going to look back at this and be like, what the fuck did TK do with me? Two title reigns, no momentum, never really yeah. given a priority. They couldn't really do anything with me creatively. Let me go see what fucking Paul's got going on over there. Yeah. It sucks, man. Anyway, Wardlow, Wardlow and Joe, it, it was a very, it, listen, it was a good match. And they both tried their best, but the crowd was so out of it because of the Texas death match that there really was no heat from the crowd into this thing. Wardlow fought back after being beaten down by Joe, fought back with the spine buster and F10, hit a beautiful looking swanton bomb off the top rope. Uh, Joe ducked the lariat, got the coquina clutch locked in, but Wardlow got to the ropes. Joe just kept beating down on Wardlow until Wardlow hit a power bomb out of the corner. Wardlow tried for another one. Joe popped up with a lariat. Joe tried his own powerbomb symphony, but Wardlow escaped into a headbutt and coquina clutch of his own. Joe's arm dropped three times, and Wardlow, uh, he didn't really submit. I mean, Joe passed out, but he beats Joe via referee stoppage and wins the TNT title with his own coquina clutch. And that's the way Wardlow wins the TNT title. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it is what it is. Now he's got Will Hobbs on Wednesday. And Hobbs is cashing in that ring, that brass ring, the face of the revolution brass ring. Does he win the TNT championship? I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting situation. Uh, Like Jesse and I talked about earlier, if you're just joining the stream, too many baby face champions mixed with an obviously over heel champion that is clearly not losing the championship at least until 2024. You know, they've handcuffed handcuffed themselves with so many deserving talents and two babyface champions with a world champion that is not losing a single match in the entire year. Nope. What do you do? Now, Wardlow, th- does Hobbs beat Wardlow? Does Hobbs win the championship only to drop it to another obviously deserving babyface? Wardlow seems like a transitional champion to me at this point. I, there's nothing there. Oh, that's going to be the problem because Wardlow shouldn't lose to Hobbs. 
And if he does, if Wardlow loses this title to Hobbs, that title is done. That title is just complete trash. Now, if Hobbs loses, that's a complete momentum killer for him. And he's, yeah. and he's, and he's hot right now. Hobbs yeah. is looking fucking good, man. Yep. So what do you do? How do you book this? I don't know. Tony's got uh, 72 hours to think of something. We'll see what happens. Fatal 4-Way. The Guns. Austin and Colton Gunn. The acclaimed Anthony Bowens, Max Caster with Billy, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett, Jesse's favorite wrestler. And the All-Atlantic champion, Orange Cassidy, with Denhausen. Fatal 4-Way and the Guns defeats all three teams and retain the AEW Tag Team Championships, bro. Uh, if there was one match on the entire night, bro, that I was zoned out of, it was this match. I was completely zoned out of this match. I, 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 listen, I, I think I've grown big on the Guns. I think the Guns are great. Those are great. Uh, we, we, we love the acclaimed. Um, yeah. But I, I think Orange Cassidy's fantastic, but uh, Dan Housen I couldn't give two shits about. And then uh, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I love Jay Lethal, but Jeff Jarrett's got to get off my TV and just sit back in the office and do what he's got to do backstage. Please, this is not this is not a good look for the tag team division. But no. at the end of all this, we got the Guns winning the match and retaining their tag team championships. Um, there was one part in this match where Sanjay is in the ring and Satnam is in the ring as well. And Dan Housen's about to, to curse Sat Satnam Singh. He takes the Sanjay's pencil, breaks it, and Sanjay was about to just have a fucking fit out there. So he gets taken out, and then Satnam is about to just absolutely kill Danhausen until Orange Cassidy hit an orange punch, a low blow by Danhausen, and then Daddy Ass, Billy Gunn gave Satnam a famouser, which was was a little a little different. You know, we saw Satnam take a bump for the first time, and he was off his feet for the first time. So there's that much. The guns then low blow Billy, his uh, you know, their father. The acclaim picked them out and uh, took care of both of them. We got the arrival, the mic drop on Austin Gunn. Colton made the save. Bowens was sent into the crowd. Lethal tossed Jarrett a guitar, but Caster avoided. Tried for a guitar shot of his own, but Aubrey Edwards took the, the guitar away from Max Caster and, and stopped this Why? obviously, obviously uh, illegal move. There's Why? no DQ. What the fuck? She took away the guitar in, in a match that has no DQ. Why? Why? Is she not a fan of guitar players? I don't know. Maybe she likes the bass players more. I don't know. Maybe she likes the drummers more. I don't know. Why is she stopping people from or, doing or, illegal things in a no DQ match? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So Aubrey stopped him. Lethal smacked Caster with, with, with the Golden Globe, and Jared hit the, the, his finisher, the stroke. For two, Aubrey and Jarrett had a little shoving contest because Jarrett thought that he won the championships off his finishing move, and they shoved back and forth. So he put it—he put his hands on Aubrey. Is more of a DQ than the fucking guitar shot that Max Caster was going to do. What right. happened? No, that unbelievable. So Dan Housen missed a pump kick on Colton, and the Guns wiped him out with three ten to Yuma, which I think is a great finishing move. One, two, three, retain the titles. Post-match, Renee Paquette was about to interview the Guns, and they claim they're the best tag team in the world until, Jesse, we get Dax and Cash. By the way, Issa's in the chat. Shout out to, we love Issa. Love Issa. The NYC Demon Divas in the chat. Um, the, the, the Guns are being interviewed, bro, by Renee, and, and FTR's music hits. They come out to a huge ovation. 
Dax and Cash walked out. They slugged it out with the guns, and they planted Colton with the spike pile driver, Austin with the shatter machine. Dax got busted open in literally 90 seconds, bro. I don't know what the fuck happened there, but his Dude. face, the right side of his face was pouring blood. It looked like he Unintentionally, by the gorilla. Way. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't, I don't even know what happened. I have no idea. Did, did one of their punches land hard way and they knocked him fucking out? I don't know. No fucking idea. I, I turned my head. I looked back. This motherfucker was red. I don't know where he got this fucking color from. No idea. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, listen. Outside the match, this was the least interesting match in the entire night for me. I didn't really care about this shit. As soon as they added Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy, I didn't really care about it. I didn't care when Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal got fucking added to this thing. It should have been declaimed and the guns. But clearly, now we see why it wasn't a two-on-two tag team match. Jesse, as FTR is back here, and it looks like FTR is chasing the uh, tag team championships in AEW and the guns. Uh, there is a story built in here. The last time we saw these two teams on screen, the guns beat FTR on TV, on Dynamite. Um, I don't know if this is going to serve as the title match for Double or Nothing. I, I don't know what Tony Khan's plan is. Um, FTR, Jesse and I discussed this off air before we went live tonight. This could simply be FTR serving out the remaining weeks of their contract. This could be FTR agreeing to an extension with AEW and now being granted a tag team title match. They could be in line to be your next tag team champions at Double or Nothing. We don't know. This could be a feud that leads to a loser Leafs Town match, and FTR is really finished with AEW. We, we don't know, but the fact that we have them on TV, back on TV, bro, I think is the one thing that we need to focus on, and I'm glad Dax and Cash are back. And I'm looking forward to the match. I think it's going to be great. Nothing else to add. No, man. I mean, you, look. <laughs> right now, I, you know what? I, I do have some. I'd say this. I think FTR, just inserting them into this tag division is not going to help it. It's not. Um, you're going to have them, like, the clearly the best thing in the tag division, and everyone else is just far under it. You need more help. You need you need to get the acclaim back where they were. Somehow, some way, the acclaim. How did the acclaim lose momentum? Can someone please explain that shit to me? I don't know. How? I mean, it's almost as if it just it just happened like that, bro. Like like in an instant. Like the acclaim were tag team champions, and now we're not even now. Now tonight after tonight, they're deviating away from the acclaim even more. So what happened there? And then he, and then Max had a shitty fucking freestyle tonight too. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, the the Cialis line was great to Jeff Jarrett, but uh, I mean that was basically it. Oh my god, he was it was way off. Cadence was off. I mean, he was just it was just way off. Uh, by the way, uh, bluechew.com, code JD at checkout <laughs> yeah, if you guys god, want your free sample. Shameless fucking plug. There you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. It should have been about the guns and the acclaimed. Here That's we it? were talking. We were talking about Billy maybe turning on the acclaimed and joining the guns. Uh, maybe that's still the case at some point. I don't know, but it looks like they're deviating away from this. We could be realistically looking at FTR winning the tag team championships, and like we discussed, Jesse, maybe maybe the young Bucks get back involved and we get that match at some point later this year. You know who knows? Or maybe yeah. or maybe maybe FTR being back leads to a certain uh, Chicagoian coming back. Man, I don't know. A lot of CM Punk talk in the scrum chat tonight. Man. Yeah, I honestly think if, if it, listen, I, Jesse and I also talked about this off the air. I think if FTR is back and they are staying with AEW, I do think 
And I think he's coming back anyway. But I do think that them being back is going to kind of reel in CM Punk coming back. Because, I mean, they, they love each other. And, and Dax has talked about Punk in high regard on his podcast. And I, I just think that it's just inevitable that they end up working together in some capacity. So I, I do feel like this will lead to Punk coming back. I think Punk is coming back regardless. But uh, a feud with the Young Bucks and FTR is just, to me, it's just money. It's, it's inevitable. And then you add Punk and Omega. To, I mean, it's just, it's just it's just stupid to not do business there. You know? Did you see MJF's tweet tonight? I sent it to you. I am the great. I am the best wrestler in the world. Yes, uh, I think we are. Uh, we 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 could really start talking about that legitimately now. Yes. Well, no, 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 no. I think his wording was exactly "I'm the best in the world." Oh, if I'm not mistaken. Is that what he said? Is I I, didn't, I, I just read it. I'm like, it might have been one. Of, it might it might have been something that I just glanced over and I read it wrong. Um, I'm the best. I'm the best wrestler, wrestler in the world. In the world, seems like another CM Punk uh, innuendo. Listen, man, we get MJF and CM Punk at All Out. I'm for it. He did wear the mask tonight, by the way. He did wear the devil mask. He did so. A lot, a, a lot of. I don't know, man. We'll see. I don't know. Tag team titles. We got the guns winning, and uh, FTR is back. So. Looking forward to that. Main event, MJF, Brian Danielson, 60-minute Iron Man match. MJF wins and retains the AEW World Championship in a match that went four, four falls to MJF to three on Brian Danielson's side. It did go to sudden death. They did go the one-hour distance, which it's very difficult for Tony Khan not to do because he's just he's just... An old school guy's like, oh, we gotta, we gotta go to a draw, and then go to sudden death. I knew it was gonna happen. I'm glad we got some falls in this thing. I was actually concerned we were gonna go fucking zero zero up until the end, and then go to sudden yeah. death. But the, uh, the, the weird part about that, I mean, I, I don't know. This is me like definitely overthinking into it. Yeah. When clearly it's there to create drama, but why would you not have contingencies in place for a potential tie at the end of this match already in place? Well, what do you what do you mean? They 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 need a contingency plans for a tie. Why? The match ends in a tie. Okay, well now the fans are booing and Tony Khan's got to get in the ear of Shivani and tell him it's gonna be sudden. Death. They gave us a list of rules at the start of the match. Why wasn't that a part of it? In the event of a tie, it will go to sudden death. Well, I mean, it's just for added dramatic effect. I exactly, believe. exactly, and, so. and that's what I mean. Like, definitely me just just digging too deep into it, but it seems to me that that would have been mapped out. Yeah. You know, there, there doesn't need to be, there's, there's no there's no pause between pins. There's no this, there's no this. But a tie, uh, we didn't think of that. It won't end in a tie. Well, it ended in a tie. Oh, shit, now we got to think of something quick. Listen, I'm not even, I don't even have a problem with that. I'm just glad we didn't go 0-0. Zero, zero. Like we did Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, uh, what was it, uh, 13? 12? Yeah, I don't 12? mind 0-0, zero, zero, man. 12, I'm sorry, I, I get my numbers mixed up. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't mind zero. 13 zero, was Undertaker and Psycho Sid, I believe. Yeah. What I don't like is like, you know, nine, nine to eight, you know, that's nah. too many. But I don't, I didn't mind zero to zero. I, I, I enjoyed zero zero with, with, with Sean and Brett. I thought this was better than Sean and Brett. Some people were saying, oh, no, man, Sean and Brett was better than this. Lesnar and Angle was better than this. I don't know, man. This To me, this was the best Iron Man match that I saw in my generation. I don't know about anybody else. I think it's very hard to compare Iron Man matches across companies and not only that, through timelines. I mean, for instance, let me explain. 
the the first Hell in the Cell match that we got with Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. Yeah. It was thought of as to be, I mean, and still is, like fantastic, revolutionary, fitting on this, this, that. Well, 50 to 80 Hell in the Cells later, you know, you got to kind of up the ante. You kind of got to make it more interesting. So people in later dates did bigger spots, different spots, things that made the match seem bigger, but that doesn't necessarily make it better because the original was better. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to compare. Man. For this for this one, the 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 uh, Iron Man match, I enjoyed this one more. You know, I really did. But it's easy to improve on a match than it is to be the, the first to do the match, if that makes any sense. Yeah, the, the problem with the Iron Man matches is uh, a couple of things. Number one, you know, today's generation is very impatient. You know, they, they don't they, they want they want instant gratification and everything. So when they look at something going 60 minutes, it's like, fuck, am I going to do for 60 minutes? You're going to watch two of the best pro, pro wrestlers in their generation at their craft go in and wrestle for 60 fucking minutes. Like, that's what you're going to do. You know, you watch a baseball fucking game for three and a half hours. You watch a UFC pay-per-view that has 12 matches on the card. Uh, I mean, who who gives a shit? And number two, keeping the audience's interest and keeping them hot throughout 60 minutes where there's no dead periods and the crowd's fucking sitting on their hands and getting bored and there's silence and there's just no, no heat coming from the crowd. None of that happened tonight. That's hard. None of that happened tonight. They they MJF and Brian tonight in their 60 minutes accomplished something that is an absolute dreadful thought, a fear on any competitor's mind going into something like this. And that is how am I going to keep the fucking 10,000 people here engaged in what we're doing? They and fucking it nailed it. The they absolutely them. nailed it. No outside interference. It was Nothing. just the two of them. Story. It was That's what it. they did in the story. They built yep. a story into a match with no outside interference, no MJF hijinks up until the end, no Brian using the Blackpool Combat Club. They built a story within 60 minutes. And yep. if there's any doubt on, on MJF and Brian and, and his work in AEW because he's not a WWE guy anymore— I mean, they both shut you. MJF shut up a lot of people tonight, and I'm very happy to see that. I don't know why there's any hesitation on MJF. I mean, he proved to you exactly what the fuck he's worth. And Brian, I said this on Twitter, bro. Brian and MJF in the ring doing what they did tonight, man. Everybody should be, if you're a fan of pro wrestling, you are thankful that you have these two guys operating at this level right now. MJF being 25 years old. And Brian, nearing the end of his career, still able to go with with the best of them. He may be the best in the world. At this level in our generation, bro, how lucky the fuck are we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels like that Brian had one mission when he came into this, into this feud, into this match. And that is to get MJF up a notch. I mean, the the, the guy, like I, I texted you this earlier, the guy is literally the total fucking package. He has charisma that is completely unmatched in this industry. He is built like a fucking brick shithouse. He is comfortable on the microphone like no one else. He commands your attention. The crowd loves to hate this guy. And the only gripe that any MJF hater would have is that, oh, he's not that good in the ring. Well, now he's going to go out and prove that shit too, that he can go with the best of them. He just went over an hour. How, what was the runtime on this match? What was it like? Right, one hour and three minutes? minutes. Let me see. What is? Uh... I mean, the, he went over a fucking hour. Yeah, it, it had over to go one hour, hour three, one hour four, easy. 
Well, not, yeah. Look at that shit. Over an hour with someone who is widely, widely considered to be the best wrestler on the fucking planet. Mm-hmm. So you can't say anymore that he's not that good of a wrestler. Oh, he's not that good. Of a... Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And I think Brian Danielson would would argue against that. You know, you catch him outside of character, anything else, and he'll probably tell you that MJF put in his work and carried his fucking own in this Iron Man match. And he did a great fucking job. No, normally, I mean, I think we're smart enough. You and I are smart enough to know that, you know, when someone like Brian is carrying a match with somebody less than him, I never got I, I never get that feeling with MJF at all when he's in the ring, let alone tonight with Brian. I mean, yeah, I watched yeah. two fucking guys who I know can wrestle go out there and wrestle. The one thing I was concerned about tonight, on top of all the other normal concerns for an Iron Man match, is that, you know, is somebody going to get hurt? I'm like, God forbid MJF gets fucking hurt in 60 minutes. Anything can happen in 60 fucking minutes. But the thing yeah. is, they are so smart that they pace themselves, man. They, they, I mean, there was a couple moments in the middle of this thing when we got to 25 minutes in, 30 minutes in, where they were fucking reversing each other back and forth. And you've you seen the that. Chain, yeah. yeah, that chain wrestling and those fucking yeah. pinfall attempts, fucking rapid-fire pinfall, where that cardio was really coming into play. And I'm like, holy shit, they're going to burn themselves out before they get to the end. I never felt like they really kind of blew all their load in, in the first, you know, 20, 30 minutes. They had so much left at the end and that's that's where the climax came. It, it was almost as if they didn't even go through the last 55, 60 minutes. The, the climax in this thing was as hot as anything earlier that we've seen in the match. So they paced themselves beautifully. MJF going to the outside and, and you know taking those breaks and being the heel that he is. And then he looks into the camera at one point. He says, I'm sure this is going to deduct a star from my rating, Dave. <laughs> You know, he, he goes to he goes to throw the water on the kid in the crowd and take a breather and all this other shit. I mean, so good. It, it's it, it was perfectly paced, and, and that's the part that people are not going to really focus in on. I'm looking. I'm like, how are they going to conserve their energy for 60 minutes? A lot of rest holds. You know, is that what they're going to do? Are they going to take break? No, MJF is a fucking coward prick heel, and he yeah. gloated in the crowd and he took breaks on the outside and he. You know, let let Brian lay on the outside and like, yeah, count him out, count him out. Let's get the ten count. Let's get yeah. the count. I mean, that's the shit that you love to see. Everything someone, was beautiful. Everything was beautiful. Someone just pointed out in the chat. Um, Media One Software says he says MJF is a better wrestler than Roman Reigns. He is. He is. He is. He is. Roman now is doing career fucking work right now. And and it's listen, not a that's knock not on Roman Reigns. No, it's that's not, not to, that's Reigns. not to take anything away from Roman Reigns. If yeah. you know, MJF is is the better wrestler between the two, no doubt about it. Who's the better heel? They're two different heels. You can't even compare the heels. One exactly. is a manipulative fucking, you know, mafia style boss who's got his family doing all his bidding and MJF, you know, he's the type of guy that goes into a city and makes fun of the fucking people that live in that town. And, you know, calls people names, virgins, geeks, and fucking, you know, brags about the women he gets. He's a different type of heel. You can't really compare about, you, you can't yeah. compare the heels that they are. They, they are, they are, they are both doing career work right now. Both of them. And MJF's like fucking 15 years old, dude. I mean, he's got a long time ahead of him. And, 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 and the thing is, you know, I, I absolutely foresee MJF in WWE at some point in his career. I mean, it's it's inevitable. I, I don't think we're gonna get this level of MJF in the WWE. I don't. I don't no. think you got. I don't think you guys are ready for this MJF. I really don't. No, they they they, they, they MJF won't work well in P in, in PG. No, he won't. 
Not if Triple H is uh, gone. Triple yeah, H may give him the fucking the 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 leash to take it as far as he yeah. can, but I, I don't know if Vince is going to allow that. He 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 just need he needs a little bit more latitude to get his gimmick across the right way. Yeah. He really does. This this match was tremendous. Um, I, I can't speak highly enough about it. It's one of the reasons why a lot of people bought this pay per view. I had people. I legitimately had people that I personally know for years texting me, give me one reason to buy this pay-per-view because the build sucked. I'm like, MJF and Brian. Mean of it. I don't need I don't need to give you another reason. MJF and Brian. Buy it for that. Guarantee you. And the main event. I, I mean, I could have made a whole lot. I should I should get some fucking kickback on the goddamn revenue. Yeah. The main event of your pay-per-view is supposed to be the one thing that people are paying for. You know. Back in the day when you ordered a boxing pay-per-view and Mike Tyson was fighting someone, it didn't matter who was on the fucking undercard. Yeah. It didn't matter how the undercard played out. It didn't matter. They were just there for filler. They were matches for you to watch while you were eating your fucking nachos and your wings. You paid for the main event. You paid to watch Mike fucking Tyson beat the shit out of someone in less than one round. Yep. But in wrestling, same fucking thing. You paying money for what? What am I paying for? A 60-minute Iron Man match between Brian Danielson and MJF. And that alone was worth the price of this fucking pay-per-view. That alone. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to go over this match because, A, uh, it is uh, nearing 2.30. And, B, I'm not going to do any justice to this match. You got to go and watch it. I will go over the way the pinfalls happened. But uh, hopefully what Jesse and I described to you and what our... Our thought about the match was coming out of the, the the one hour and five minutes that this match was. Hopefully, it gives you a good interpretation on what we thought uh, of what happened here. But the first fall went to Brian, actually, which was surprising. He got the Busaiko knee on, on MJF around the, the 26, 27-minute mark. And, and as soon as that pinfall was ended, Jesse, MJF hit a low blow from behind, got himself intentionally disqualified. He went down two falls to zero, and the low blow was so vicious that MJF pinned Brian twice to tie it up. That is absolutely the science of what MJF and Brian did in this match tonight. I looked at that and I'm like, holy fucking shit. It's that brilliant. is goddamn brilliant. It's brilliant. It's a, it's a it's a it's a very heel move to pull in a in an Iron Man match. You know, that's what that's what you're supposed to do. You go, you're gonna get you're gonna take a you're gonna take a fall for a DQ. Make it count. Yep. Make it count and just fuck him up to the point where you get two or three falls out of it. There's no break between pins. Perfect. So we go towards the third fall here, and this is when things really got vicious. Um, Danielson hit a sprinting drop kick around 30 minutes, got the figure four on MJF, rope break by MJF. They both traded pile driver attempts on the apron before Danielson chopped MJF down. So they're in the corner. MJF sent Danielson to the floor, and apparently something was going on on the outside. MJF cleared the ring attendant table, the timekeeper table, set up Danielson and hit a unbelievable elbow drop off the top rope through the table. This is 30 minutes in with still 30 minutes to go. <laughs> it's crazy. So he set up Danielson, hit the big elbow drop through the table, Danielson broke the nine count. MJF made him uh, get back in the ring, obviously, nine count, hit a tombstone through the remnants of the table, clutching his bad knee because he was selling the knee here. Danielson got busted open. 
Heat Seeker by MJF connected, and MJF went up three falls to two with 20 minutes left to go. So MJF is now trash-talking, and we get the closing minutes of the next fall. Danielson connected with a high cross body off the top to the floor. MJF was crotched back inside in the corner. Superplex led to a diving headbutt that busted MJF open. He's bleeding now. Busaiko knee right into the Regal stretch, paying homage to William Regal. MJF tapped with only 10 minutes left to go. We are now tied up 3-3. So we are now tied going into the last 10 minutes. What's going to happen here? So we get to the five-minute mark, and Danielson is wasting a little bit too much time here. MJF got salt to the earth applied. He is now in control. Danielson counted into the LaBelle lock. So we move on. Five minutes left. Headbutt and forearm exchanged by both. And Danielson hit a huge forearm. MJF answered with another heat seeker. Goes for a quick cover. Gets a two count. MJF then on top. Avalanche tombstone. Unbelievable to Brian Danielson. MJF took a little bit too long to make the cover because he was selling the knee. Uh, Danielson got a single leg crab on with one minute left. And absolutely took it all the way to zero, bro. With one minute, 60 seconds. Brian had this applied for 60 seconds. And MJF lasted up until the buzzer went off and immediately tapped out. But the time had already won out, uh, ran out. Oh. And we are tied 3-3. Crowd is furious because Justin Roberts got on the microphone and said that this match is a draw. All of a sudden, Tony Schiavone gets up from the announce desk and says to Justin Roberts that he got word from Tony Schiavone that Tony uh, to, uh, from uh, Tony Khan, yes, Tony Schiavone said he got word from Tony Khan that this match will be continued under sudden death rules. Now, while all this is happening, we got ice packs, we got medical teams in there, oxygen tanks trying to get these guys some fucking <laughs> air. <laughs> fucking resuscitate. I, I mean, it's fucking crazy in there. Sudden death announced. Danielson immediately gets a schoolboy. MJF gets a low blow and a schoolboy of his own as he hooks the tights. So we're, we're really in sudden death here. MJF right. tried to use the belt. Bryce Remsburg said, go ahead and get DQ'd. So he takes the belt. He throws the belt to the outside. He's got his back turned. MJF goes into his tights, gets the, the diamond ring. He goes to punch Danielson, missed. Uh, Danielson hit a poison Rana on MJF, a Busaiko knee. MJF kicks out. Danielson locked on a half crab. Bryce noticed that the ring was in the ring, took it from MJF, a rope break by MJF, but he tapped at the same time, but he had the rope break, so there's nothing that Bryce Remsburg could do. So Brian thought he had won because he didn't see what was going on here. All he heard was MJF banging on the mat, tapping out. MJF rolled to the outside. He's sitting on his ass against the ring apron. Brian leans through the ropes. MJF grabs one of the oxygen tanks over his head, nails Brian in the fucking head with it behind his back. Bryce doesn't see any of this. He's unconscious. MJF applied the LaBelle lock to an unconscious Danielson, and the arm dropped for three, and that was it. And the referee calls the match, and MJF wins the match and retained the AEW champion. Fucking unbelievable ending. I mean, the oxygen tank, no matter how silly it looked, bro, played into the fucking outcome of the match. And MJF, again, outsmarted everybody. Bro, how do you think this match made my nipples feel, man? 
This this match, I have to, I, I, bro. That sound clip, man, is going to be a sound clip on the podcast Wednesday, man. You, the one I texted Ugh. you. It makes my nipples hard. Oh man. Now, you know, you know, you know. Speaking though. of Daddy Magic, he 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 was uh, with uh, R.J. City or whatever the fuck his name is on the Zero Hour. He, he was like, feel my nipples. How do they feel? How do they feel? How do they feel? Do they feel hard to you? They feel hard to you? No, they're not hard tonight. They don't. They don't feel hard, do they? That's Ricky Starks. <laughs> Love this guy. <laughs> Love Daddy Magic, man. One thing I one thing I will point out about this match when Bryce Remsburg told MJF, "Fine, you want to hit him with the title? Go ahead. Yep. You DQ, you lose. Who gets the title if he gets DQ'd? Um, Brian Danson. No, he doesn't. Why would you lose the title on DQ? Why would he lose the title on because why would MJF lose the title on a DQ? Because he would get himself the he loses the fall. You don't lose the title on a DQ. Bro, bro. Jesus fucking Christ. Do you do you bro, lose it's, the title it's, on it's, a DQ? It's, it's a scoring, it's a scoring situation, bro. It's a scoring situation. Death, DQ. Do you lose the title no. on the DQ though? It's no. a good question. No, it's not. It is. It is a scoring situation man when it comes to who gets the most score in the match okay you might be right you might be right oh uh, did brian, did brian no, wait, like i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't want i don't want to take anything away from uh, brian tapped out did brian tap out or did the arm drop i i don't know i put arm dropped in my notes uh it was a tap out people are saying it was a tap out he it, was a ta- out? it was a tap out he tapped him out i'm sorry i'm gonna take anything away i don't want to take anything away from max don't do that or i don't need i don't need him uh you know uh, you got it wrong you know it's he tapped him out. MJF tapped out Brian. There you go. Don't want to take anything away from his uh, his don't, uh, don't tremendous that, title victory. Don't do that, bro. No, can't do that. Anyway, uh, the things that we learned tonight: um, Moxley and, and Page, tremendous. Jungle Boy, Mister Pay Per View. Tony Khan once again silences critics. He's uh, Mister uh, Pay Per View himself. MJF is one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Brian Danielson is the best wrestler on the planet, and they are the best Iron Man match I think of our generation. And Revolution was an absolutely groundbreaking pay-per-view for AEW. I thought this was the best Revolution that they've done so far in all four years. And this will go down maybe. We have a long year to go. This may go down as the best pay-per-view of the entire year. And AEW fucking killed it. Now, I hope they keep this same momentum going into Wednesday. But tonight, man, I'm on cloud nine. This was, from top to bottom, a a near-perfect show for AEW. Fantastic, man. Five-star show. Five-star show, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we got for you, and we are going to get into the Super Chats and try and wrap this shit up. Uh, Jesse, if you want to head out of here, man, I'm uh, I'm good to go. I don't know what you want to do. You want to hang around for a little bit? I, uh, I, I, I will take off, man. Okay. I did I did see one re-up that mentioned me and asked me a question about... It said something about why do I do watch-alongs. It said, why do I do watch-alongs? They prefer when I... When when they they prefer to watch a review, yeah. Well, I'm answer that right now. I mean, not everyone prefers everything that you prefer, and watch-alongs are just more convenient for my schedule when I'm taking care of my kids and stuff like that. So that's why I do that. There you go. So only because watching the show, you have to watch the show to review the show, and then you got to get online to do the review. Yep. So if you just do the watch along and do it, then my time is free to now make dinner for my kids and get them ready for school and shit yep. like that. So that's why. 
And listen, it gives people something to look forward to. Maybe you switch up the content in, in, in the future, and then uh, you exactly. go to reviews. So Exactly. Well, not, watch along with me, and then jump over to this guy's fucking mother's basement and watch the review over there. Yep. There you go. But thanks for having me. Have All fun, right. man. All right, bro. I will, uh, I'll talk to you uh, on, uh, what's today? It's Monday. Yeah, I'll talk to you uh, later. Later on, man. All right, cool. Take it easy, <laughs> bro. All right, man. There you go. You got uh, Jesse here leaving the venue. There he goes. We are going to get uh, into the Super Chats, but I want to get myself situation here. Click him off. We're going to move me into the center. We're going to do this here, and then we're going to get rid of this here. And now we are back in the venue. There you go. There you go. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the review, man. Appreciate you guys hanging out tonight. Um, we're going to get into the Super Chats. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for meeting the goal of 1,000 likes. Memberships, get them on in. VIP is a great place to be in the venue. And follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Also hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for all notifications, Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Jet. Page of Mox was brutality at its finest. I loved it. Awesome. One of the best matches of the night. Maybe the second best match of the entire evening. Joseph Taylor with a $9 Super Chat. The House of Black versus the Elite. That Hangman versus John Moxley. My matches of the night. Absolutely, man. Um, couldn't go wrong with any one of them. Match of the night to me was the uh, Iron Man match. Joseph Taylor also with a $3 Super Chat. So, J.D., when are, we, when are you going to fight Ryan Satin? Ryan Satin's a bitch. Ryan Satin is a pussy bitch. That's all we need to know on that one. Colin Kerwick with a $20 Super Chat. Great shows tonight, J.D., from you and Tony Khan. A-plus show. The main event had me on the edge of my seat. Definitely going to be one of my top 10 matches of the year. Keep up the good work on the podcast. OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Thank you for the generosity, too, man. $20. Michelle Moran with a $10 Super Chat. Fantastic main event. Five-star classic. It was an entertaining match from start to finish. Brian is the GOAT. Smash could easily headline a WrestleMania. MJF's next opponent will find it hard to top this match, which I do believe will be Adam Page myself. Rep NYC with a $10 Super Chat. Tony Khan got us pulling an all-nighter. OTS for life. Thank you, Rep. Tony Khan already knows how I feel about the show, man. Believe me. Julie Trett with a Canadian $5 Super Chat. Hey, JD, it's my 45th birthday today. Love the pay-per-view and love your show. Much love and respect to you and Jesse. Everybody, let me see some birthday cake emojis in the chat for Julie and her 45th birthday. Happy birthday, Julie. Thank you for being in the venue tonight. Man of 1,005 holes with an 18 months in the venue. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you very, very much. What an outstanding pay-per-view. He says, glad the House of Black have the trios and that Iron Man match lived up to the hype. Now let me get some long-term Black Irish whiskey. You got it, brother. For 18 months, you get whatever you want, man. The Hurricane with seven months. Great main event. I wish they pumped up the other shows with some of the lower card stuff. Let, let's bring these shows down to three hours, TK. Uh, listen, man, 
if we go into double or nothing with this same format, obviously we won't have another Iron Man match, but if we have this type of flow for the next show, that's exactly what Tony Khan needs to do. He's got the right, I'm telling you, man, this is something I've been very, very critical about. They got the right formula tonight. They got the right formula tonight. This needs to be something that happens every pay-per-view. The Hurricane. Thank you, seven months, man. Devoted seven months. OTS for life. Love the show. Love you guys. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you, Devoted. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for being here seven months. Francisco, 10 months. JD, you are leagues ahead of Satin. This man should know his role and shut the fuck up. The ace is JD, period. Bro, Ryan Satin tried to flex tonight that he's working in a place that I could only dream of working. Meanwhile, he doesn't really understand that he works for Fox. He doesn't work for WWE. He works for Fox. And he's not anywhere on the same level as I am. And what Ryan Satin fails to understand, and I even told him this tonight as I buried him, like Jungle Boy buried Christian Cage, I did everything from being somebody that had zero connections in the industry to becoming the number one live stream podcast on YouTube every single night. And I did it all myself. I did it through hard work. I did it through being myself. I did it and I built my business and my show on my own through my charisma, my entertainment value, and my originality. Everything you see here is me. Everything. Everything you see in the venue is me. The car is mine. It's outside of my driveway. My mother's basement that's coming is legitimately me. Ryan Satin can't say that. He opted to sell his soul to work for a company that doesn't give a shit about him. He thinks the WWE gives a shit about him. The WWE cares about him just as much as they care about me. Zero. I don't give a fuck where he worked. I don't give a shit what he does or who he knows or who he's interviewed. When Ryan Sand could come on here like a Royal Rumble and stream in front of 6,700 people, which I know he can't, then maybe he should shut his fucking mouth. The guy is a hack. He's deplorable. He's a creep. He's disingenuous. And he sold his soul to be something that he's not. I don't know. Maybe he is. But that's not me. I'd rather keep my show and be me for you instead of take a fucking paycheck and be something I'm not. Fuck Ryan Satin. Drizzy Drew with a 199. Love the new pre-show format. Came off more sports like, yes. Absolutely. I did notice that, Drizzy. Lord Jack Coyle with a $2 super chat. AEW, don't miss on pay-per-view. Also, fuck Ryan Satin. Gyro Gonzalez, 65 in Mexican pesos. AEW is now back in business. Lucky to watch the pay-per-view tonight. Something I will remember for years. Thank you, brother. Hope all is well down in Mexico, brother. Armando with a new membership. Welcome. What the fuck are you drinking, Armando? Jedi Joker 93 with a $5 Super Chat. JD and Jesse, if you could please check the latest tweet I tagged you guys in. Was too many characters to Super Chat. It would mean the world. 
What tweet is that, Jedi? Not seeing it, Jedi. Oh, there it is. Um, Jedi, give me till tomorrow, bro. It's uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. There's not, not going to be anybody that is on my side on Twitter, man. Give, give me till tomorrow, bro. I'll let, uh, I'll let my, uh, my Twitter people know about that. I'm sorry to hear that, brother. I promise I'll give you a retweet on that tomorrow. Phil with an I-99. Love the entire show. Can't express how much I enjoyed MJF Danielson. This is how you need pay-per-views to be. A-plus from top to bottom. Love you guys. OTS for life. Phil, thank you so much for the support, bro. Russell Wagner with 16 months. Appreciate all the hard work you do weekly and the little extras for the VIPs. Also, thanks to Jesse. Thank you, Russell. It's only going to get better from here, bro. Got some cool shit lined up. Jamie Rushbrook with a $5 super chat. Enjoy the pay-per-view so much. Most of the matches had great storytelling. Elite House of Black, MJF, Danielson were all-timers. Excellent. Hooligram, Satin, Satin saw my tweet to Raj, unblocked me to talk shit about me, flex that he works for WWE, but he doesn't. He got called out like a bitch. He then deleted his tweets and put me back on block. So he unblocked me to talk shit about me, then he, unblo- then he uh, blocked me again. Don't worry, I'll bring this, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll raise this, uh, uh, and I'll bring awareness to this. He said, I got small dick energy. Ryan Satin unblocked me and then blocked me again. Uh, I mean, I don't know what small dick energy is, but uh, I would assume that is small dick energy from Satin as well. Armando with a 499 finally decided to join the best in the IWC. Driving back from Revolution, MJF is so damn good. OTS for life. Screw Ryan Satin. Love you, Armando. Thank you so much, brother. Hopefully you had a great night, man. Uh, San Francisco was uh, tremendous tonight. Kinson Stanley with six months. Jake Cargill, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte. Bang one. <laughs> Bang one and one. Marry one. Jesus Christ. I'm going to marry Jade Cargill. Bang Ronda Rousey and end Charlotte Flair. There you go. I don't know. That's a tough one. That was a tough one, man. Phil with an I-99. The only downside was the TNT title match. I just don't like the way that they treat the title. And going after Mox Hangman would have been tough for anybody. I hope AEW proves me wrong with the TNT title. Yeah, man, they're 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 in a shit situation there. It was a quite it was a super chat. I gotta answer the fucking super chat.
Yeah, man, the TNT title is uh, a little difficult right now, man. Now, Jesse and I talked about this tonight. The Mr. Parker Show, seven months, bro. Thank you so much for being here, man. I was at ringside at the show. Had the best angle of MJF, MJF dropping the elbow on Danielson. One of the best AEW shows ever. It may be the very best, bro. It may be the very best. Hopefully, you had a good time, man. Phil with a 499 super chat. I'm sorry, but there's a reason why MJF continues to say he's the best in the world. Punk will be back. It's only a matter of time when the best. It's only a matter of time when best show in the IWC. Thank you, brother. Kenny Manuel with a $10 super chat. Brian versus MJF was epic. Probably the best Iron Man match I've ever seen outside Brett versus Sean. I honestly think it's better than Brett versus Sean, but I mean, differ, uh, different opinions for everybody. Um, TK needs to fix Bleacher Report for pay-per-view streams. Bro, I, if, I, there's, if there's one thing I could teach you guys, it is never buy the pay-per-view via Bleacher Report, man. Seriously, just go out and order it on Fight or order it on pay-per-view. I don't know why people continue to use Bleacher Report, man. They're fucking awful. AB with a 499 Super Chat was in the crowd tonight. The fork spot made everyone sick. Man, it made me not even want to eat my ice cream. Stallion Productions with a 199. What about Ricky Starks with Orange Cassidy for the title? I mean, it's easy to book. Uh, you just got to make sense of it. And honestly, I think the All-Atlantic Championship is below Ricky Starks, to be honest with you. He seems like more of a TNT title guy. Nicholas with 15 months. Where does Brian go next? I don't know. I think Brian takes a little time off. Maybe we get the Blackpool Combat Club being built up as a trio for the House of Black. Not today, Jay, with six months. Happy six months, J.D., Really enjoy Revolution tonight. MJF proving he's the ultimate heel, and that's how you put on a wrestling show. Kudos to all involved. This was an excellent show, Jay. Loved it. Stallion Productions with a 999. I think AEW should put the All-Atlantic Championship on Starks or Jericho. I spoke to Cole in LA, and he told me he wants the TNT title. But who would you guys want to see hold those titles if you can pick? Adam Cole would be perfect for the TNT title because I know he wouldn't lose it in two weeks. Dresden Shuffle with a 799. TK basically said no comment when asked if Mercedes is coming into the company or not. Interesting response because she is. It's only a matter of time. And if she's not there full time, she will be in in some capacity. The Script Keeper with a $5 super chat. Hey guys, great show tonight, but I really hope they keep the TNT Championship on Wardlow for more than a couple of weeks. We'll see, man. It's going to be tough. Gavin Deeth with a five in Super Chat. TNT title only works if it's an open challenge. Title, maybe give Wardlow, feed him some indie jobbers, then feed him pack, murder hawk, Hobbs, etc. I don't know, man. I wish they'd just make it more like an intercontinental title, which I thought it was going to be. More like an intercontinental title when it first debuted, but I guess I was wrong. Jesse Caro with 22 months. What a banger for the trios titles. Of course, we would have loved a little bit of story to go with it. Do you or Jesse see the elite going to WWE? No. It's always a possibility, but I think they end up staying. 
Script Keeper, thank you for the five. Jesse uh, answered your question before, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, Nikki Boy with a 499. My son was born 3 3. Just brought him home from the hospital today, and he watched his first pay per view. Now he's sleeping to the sounds of OTS, man. Better than any sound machine is the sound of OTS, man. Thank you. And congratulations, Nikki Boy. Joseph Gonzalez with a 499. Do you think the trios division is harming the tag team division? Yes, Joseph. We talked about this on last Wednesday's show. Absolutely. Jesse and I dove into that as a topic. Indigo. My boy Indigo, 31 months. Hi, JD. This past month was one of the worst months of my life. Hence why I haven't been interacting. OTS helped me get through the depression. Thank you. Whatever is going on, Indigo, hopefully you're on the mend, man. Hopefully there are brighter days ahead for you, brother, and thank you for still being here. We greatly appreciate you. Clone Force, 199. Better wrestle all around. MJF for Roman. MJF. And Joseph Taylor with a $3 Super Chat. JD, top three favorite ice creams. I love me a good Rocky Road. I love me a good... Mint chocolate chip, but I got to tell you, man, my favorite ice cream is as simple as simple could be a good old-fashioned chocolate chip cookie dough. Simple. I'm a very simple man. I love my whiskey. I love my chocolate chip cookie dough. I love me some good old-fashioned wrestling. I love me my heavy metal music. I love my destiny, too. Very simple guy, man. I love you guys. Thank you for making us the number one stream tonight, as always. Anybody uh, watching this still, I appreciate you being here, man. It's a long night. I know these pay-per-views are on a long night, but I appreciate you greatly for being here, man. We're about to get out of here. I'll see you guys on Monday tonight from Monday Night Raw. Clone Force with a 499 Super Chat. MJF is a better wrestler and heel than JBL. And Bubba Ray was even, though they, they both did get so much heel heat back in the day. When they were wrestling. Bully Ray's a good heel, man. Bully Ray is, uh, he's a New Yorker, so he's just, he's got natural heel heat in him. Was never a big fan of JBL, though. Uh, I'm Mr. Blue. Am I raid ready? Uh, yes, I am. I'm currently at, uh, 1795 light. I'll be at 18, I'll be at the, I'll, I'll be at the hard cap, uh, by middle of the week. I'm just, I'm stuck on completing my exotic missions. I got to get the exotic glaive. I'm like two steps away. And then uh, I got to get the exotic sidearm. The new, uh, the new strand sidearm. Anyway, guys, listen, I appreciate you for being here, man. Thank you for the super chat love. Thank you for the new memberships tonight. Thank you for the recurring memberships. Thank you for meeting the goal of a thousand likes. Anybody that hit the subscribe button down below. Thank you. If you guys have not done so, please do so. And go check out all the other content on the channel. Everything you need is there. YouTube shorts, they'll be going up throughout the week. And you'll see me live on Monday night following Monday Night Raw, man. Thank you for a great night. AEW absolutely fucking killed it tonight with Revolution. And I love nights like this because it just brings us all together to show us that pro wrestling is alive and well, man. AEW killed it tonight. Congratulations to TK and everybody on AEW side. I'll see you for Monday Night Raw. Until then, man. I need to hear you guys turn that fucking music up to max. I'll see you tomorrow night or tonight rather for Monday Night Raw right here on Off The Script.